Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.
Hello, good morning, and welcome to Newsfile. This is your most authoritative news analysis platform. And here on Newsfile, as you know, we put Ghana first. This morning, we are assessing the progress of Ghana's fight against the coronavirus pandemic and asking questions about the challenges and how they may be resolved. What is the progress report? That's the question. Now, after the lockdown was lifted, there are people who are expecting some extreme measures because Ghana's infection rate has surpassed 2,000. Will anything dramatic, extreme happen? Didn't the president say that we should expect his next address, the ninth, to contain measures and steps towards easing the current situation? We will also interrogate the politics of abandoned hospitals and the promise of 94 new hospitals in this year. We'll be right back to deal with the VEX matters. I'm Samson Ladi Anyanini. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. staying at home and social distancing, I can say that I've been more than sorted by Bank of Africa's Smart Banking Suite. Thanks to Bank of Africa's B-Mobile, I am able to settle bill payments, purchase airtime, and transfer money directly into bank accounts or through Momod. With the Sesame and Visa cards, POS payments and online shopping are made possible. I am also able to run my business from my study, fulfill all my local and foreign business commitments, and keep up with financial transactions through BOA Web. I may be home, but I am banking on the go with Bank of Africa. 
At Bank of Africa, we anticipate your needs and give you smart solutions. Download our B-Mobile app on Play Store. iOS and Yam phone users can dial star 389 star 021 hash and self-register. For more information, visit our website at www.boagana.com or call us on 030-242-9333. Bank of Africa, the African Bank of the Global Reach. Almost 100% of Ashesi University students have found jobs, started businesses, or gone on to graduate school within six months of graduation. From Accra to Nairobi, London to New York, Ashesi graduates are noticed and they are leading successful careers. If you dream of a rewarding life and career, an Ashesi education prepares you for just that. Learn more about applying to Ashesi at www.ashesi.edu.gh. Remember, admission is ongoing. Joy 99.7 FM and Multimedia. Celebrating 25 years of broadcasting excellence. Our name is Joy FM. And our vision is to impact our generation. Five years of impactful broadcasting. Joy 99.7. Joy FM. Multimedia. Yadamwasita. Thank you. Join us. Impact our world. Happy anniversary. Come on, y'all. Celebrating 25 years Happy anniversary Celebration Broadcasting excellence Happy anniversary Come on y'all Celebration Celebrating 25 years Happy anniversary Celebration Broadcasting excellence, happy anniversary. Come on, y'all. Celebration, celebrating 25 years, happy anniversary. Celebration. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Multimedia face, thank you. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. CB, G Mobile, USSD, Young Co. Star 924 hash. Punk code the go. Smartphone no. Young phone no. Ever fat. Fire money transfer. But we are water bill. But we are light bill. Factor credit. Star 924 hash. You deserve it. Let's go. Get digi with it. Star 924 hash. Get digi with it. Star 924 hash. CBG is empowering you to get digi with CBG Mobile. Simply dial star 924 hash and get digi with it. CBG. We stand with you. 
79,000 US dollars only to buy you a studio apartment in Accra. Why not come to Wedi for a spacious two-bedroom apartment at Alphabet City, our brand new gated community, situated right on top of the serene Sakomano Lagoon, feeling like splashing a little. Check out our exclusive old detached house gated community, the Jaden Symphonic next door. Sizes range from cozy three bedrooms to luxurious five bedrooms. We at Wedi are committed to provide you with the best building quality and value for money. In fact, we are the proud recipient of 2019's Quality Property Firm Award. Just like our homes, our payment terms, focus on your need. Choose from installment up to 24 months or take advantage of mortgage up to 20 years. At Waylead, we build home for you. Call us now at 0240-111119 or 0504-499999 to secure your dream home now. In here, I can see from the level indicator. This not be proper 10,000. Uh, look, bring the bowls, bring the saucepans, bring the gallons, and everything, and let's collect all the water. This tank, when they say 3,000, it's 3,000. And you can see the water level indicator. You wouldn't need this thing again. Beautiful, durable, with water level indicator and accurate volume of water available in several sizes. What a tank! What a tank! By Duraplast.
You're welcome back. This is News File, it's your most authoritative news analysis platform, and here on News File, as you know always, we put Ghana first. Now my take. I title it, Corona Chaos. Disregard for law threatens the fight. The first most important weapon for the end COVID-19 war in Ghana was a five-page piece of paper imposition of restrictions acts passed by parliament to empower the president to issue orders reasonably necessary for our safety and health yes it is primarily for our individual protection and collective safety that some eight executive instruments eis have so far been issued the pandemic's devastating chaos has meant what was lawful when you went to bed may become unlawful the next morning. Some citizens could not afford a fine of 13,000 cities, have been thrown into jail for four years for going to church. A couple of weeks ago, police informed us over 400 people had been arrested and faced a similar fate. They were not arrested for stealing. They only stepped out of their homes to go about what had been their normal, legit business. Yet, others got into trouble for parties celebrating a birthday. We advocated, and now on the back of the power for EI-61, i.e. the Public Health Act 2012. A directive has been issued to make wearing the mask compulsory. It may not come with criminal sanctions, but guidance for its proper and hygienic use is critical. In his eighth broadcast, the president repeated his pleas for full compliance and issued a stern warning that those who by their actions breach the lawful measures and compromise our safety will not be spared. He pleaded for collective patriotic support to deal ruthlessly with such conduct. Traditional authorities have given support to police their areas of jurisdiction in the interest of their people. Biochihene placed a ban on palace court hearings. But yesterday, there was an installation of a paramount chief in the eastern region. The videos show a jubilant crowd with state security protecting a clear breach of the president's lawful orders against public gatherings, festivals, workshops, political rallies, religious gatherings, etc. On top of the violation, the people of Aquapim were put in danger as there was no observation of social distancing and some didn't wear a mask. This comes at a time the EC did something that smacks of disregard for the same law, even after a court gave an injunction against the non-exempt institution. The High Court temporarily stopped it from conducting a national workshop for its officers in preparation 
for possible elections in December because of a suit asserting the workshop was an end COVID-19 prohibited act. MP Sam George also resorted to an equally unlawful process to enforce the court order by leading a crowd to prevent what he alleged was a relocation of the workshop stopped by the court. What do all these acts, smacking of impunity and disregard for law and administration of justice, ordinarily communicate to the ordinary citizens? The police who arrested violators got some paying hefty monetary fines and got some in jail. How will they explain their subsequent actions to the over 400 citizens they are prosecuting? Will the president or government deal with the latest violation by merely condemning it? Ghana's constitution in Article 17 declares that, quote, all persons shall be equal before the law and ignore all the claims that suggest that a judge did something wrong in the EC's injunction. Ignore the political interpretation that suggests that something went amiss. When you read my take later, I'll indicate to you that relocating an unlawful act does not change the fact that it remains unlawful. If you have an issue against a court order because you think it is invalid or is made in error, the right approach is to go back to the court to set it aside. This is my take. Let me welcome my guests this morning for our assessment of the progress so far and the challenges. And I seek to find out, because you have been asking, are we expecting extreme measures as Ghana's infections, not infection rate, I have said infection rate, the number of persons infected surpassed 2,000. In fact, we understand that soon when the process or the Ghana Health Service portal is updated or the president speaks to us, we should expect that the number will go up close to about a thousand more <laughs> but there are interesting and very good stories about the recoveries that are going on and the contact tracing that is in an advanced stage of course we know that the testing centers have now multiplied therefore giving ghana a chance to do a far better job than it peers within the sub-region or in africa so, we will deal with those issues and also ask the questions about the politics of the abandoned hospitals and the promise of 94 new hospitals in this year alone. My guest this morning, Dr. Patrick Abouadje is Director General, Ghana Health Service, Dr. Justice Youngson, a General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association, will be joined on the phone by Kwame Sapongesedu, pharmacist and fellow, Ghana Center for Democratic Development, CDD Ghana.
But we are also interested in knowing how you assess Ghana's progress so far, particularly after the lockdown was lifted. So we give you the opportunity first, send in your messages, but we should open the phone lines for you to also make your contributions. We want to hear from you so that those at the forefront will answer your questions. What are some of the challenges you have? What are some of the difficulties you encounter as a result of the measures in containing the spread of the pandemic? Let's begin by listening to Dr. Patrick Abouadji when he addressed the nation and told us about the numbers. After this morning, um, the final count that we have is that we have 1,671 cases. Of this, 563 has come from general surveillance, which is those who fall ill and approach the hospital and they are tested. 105 still remains part of the earlier quarantine, 10 from the quarantine in Tamale, and those we have from the enhanced tracing. That is the group that we actually went out to look for. We found 1,113, bringing our total to 1,671. Currently, about 1,461 are well or no symptoms and are responding very well to treatment. We have about six who are moderately to critically ill, um, two at um, UGMC, three in the East, and one in Kolebu, as we speak today. All the other parts of the country, we do not have any critical case there. For recoveries, we have recorded 188 of all these people have recovered. And we are hoping that there are more waiting for discharge, awaiting their second test to be discharged. Right. So, Dr. Petro Abouadi is here himself. We will get to update ourselves on Ghana's situation. As you know by now, uh, we now have confirmed 2,074. Uh, I don't know if you have gone beyond that yet. And then... Um, we have 17 deaths and we have 212 recoveries. Um, we will deal with those shortly. But as we begin, we want to take your calls. We want to know your circumstance, where you are, particularly if you have somebody who has come into contact or who uh, perhaps is being quarantined or you have gone through this process yourself as quarantine yourself and you have something that may be useful to help us assess Ghana's progress in the fight so far or um, enlist the challenges so that it will guide those at the forefront in managing the situation in the way forward. The number to call or the numbers to call are 0302 you can call that number. 0302-211-691. Or you can call 
0809-2682-692. All right, so let's first take our first caller, Kofi Usu. Kofi Usu, where are you calling from and what do you have to share with us? Hello, Kofi. Hello, good yes. morning. Morning, Kofi, we can hear you. Where are you calling from and what do you have to share with us? Yeah, from Kumasi. Great. Yes, what I want to say is that, yes, I, I know the leaders are doing a fantastic job. I traveled to Chicago and then returned on 11th March. Now, on 11th March, when we came, there was no nothing from the government on us. So we came home together with my wife. Then we went to church. Then the president announced. So we decided to stay home for two weeks self-quarantine ourselves. We did that, and then some numbers came. We called. Fortunately, a lady picked the number, had the call, and then directed that some people would come to us. Then the president said, all those who travel between 3rd March should call so that they could be tested. I made a effort, and I called. So the immigration officers came to my house on 8th April took my sample, Sputin, took it on the 9th. As I speak to you now, Samson, I have not had anything. The mental torture I go through every day. And the last... So your sample was taken on the 9th of... On the 9th of April. 9th of April. And when the president spoke, when we were about 50,000, he said there was a backlog of about eight, 18,000. Okay. Now okay. we've hit over 100,000. All right. So, and I still don't have results. All right. So, Kofi, you are anxious to know your status. You and your yes. wife? It's so... It's, okay. It's so, it's Thank so, you. Thank, I don't know. Thank you, Kofi. Thank you very much. And let's get right. to Promise. Promise is calling us from La Paz here in Accra. Hello, Promise. Hello, Promise. What do you have to share with us? Hi, Mike. So I think the problem about us is about the market women. You see, they watch TV always. But it seems when authorities go to the market to try to let them why they should enforce the social design, they, they, they keep uh, retaliating. The last time I saw you from Medina. And I think that we citizens are making the work difficult for our authorities to handle. So. I think my contribution is if we are watching this woman as we can take our time, do what is this. We should wait for the numbers to go up before we become serious. That Thank you very serious. much, Promise. Right. Your concern is about non compliance, particularly in the uh, market, non compliance with um, social distancing and the measures that are supposed to be in place. So, Jeff, you're calling from Tamale. Jeff, what do you have to share with us? Yes, what I have to share with you is that the protocol on social distancing is not ahead to in Tamale. There are barriers all over. So I don't know what authorities are doing. Oh, what do you mean by it's not adhered to? You can see people more than 25. People more than 25 having Amaria and going on in Tamale. Okay. When you get to the bars, more than 25. I see. We were ahead the, 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 the MC gave uh, order that all bars be closed. Meanwhile, they are still prison. Mm. Okay. Thank you, um, Jeff. Now, the important thing to note is that there is no permission to, to hold an amaria like a wedding. There's no permission for it. 
the permission giving for 25 participants maximum is for burials burials it's not for anything so if you want to do anything that is prohibited by the law conferences workshops uh, religious activities festivals all of those things sporting activities prohibited completely it doesn't mean that you can do it with 25 people let's get that very clearly um so who is trinity trinity where, where are you calling us from and what's your concern or what do you have to say hello yes trinity you are calling from half what do you have to share with us no i'm calling from yes go ahead the latest figures we had you are calling from where you are calling from where half half okay yes. the latest figures we had as of three or so days ago, mm-hmm. are they still from the, the backlog of cases the president talked about? And two, if that be the case, does that mean we are not having new infections? I think no new cases are being recorded. And mm. three, why are you still not getting daily uh, record of cases? Because if if you should go by the model, then the, the graph or so that you talk about, how are we then able to draw the graph to be able to ascertain whether we are flattening a curve, or we are we are picking, or we are not. So I think the the daily reported cases will help us be able to draw the the graph that okay. experts talk about. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, uh, Trinity, calling us from Hafasini. And um, whilst we wait to take um, just a couple more, we just want to have you ideas of what you are thinking and what is going on with you before those who are at the forefront of managing all of this begin the discussion. Vincent from um, Inkrakan, Inkrakan, Eastern Region. Hello, Vincent. Yeah, hello, Samson. Yes. Yeah, um, my problem is that mm-hmm. in, in my district here in Krakan, it's under Yilokobo in the Eastern Region. There's a very big market here on Thursdays and Mondays. But if you look at the market, I don't know what our Okay, we seem to have lost Vincent there. Yeah, something I'm around. Okay, so you, what you're saying is that there is no uh, compliance with the protocols in the markets. There's no protocols in the market. We are not seeing the DCE in the market. They should come because we have other schools around. So they okay. can do the satellite market and move the food to the sellers and some of the people around to the trade places. Okay. But they are not doing it. So they should come and do the things for us. All right. Thank you. Jabal. Okay, Jabal. Jabal, you are calling yes. from Tamale. You should be my last caller. Yes, yes Jabal. The rest of you, you can send us messages uh, um, and we'll share them with uh, the experts here. Yes, Jabal. Yes, Samson, um, I'm calling from Tamale. The, mm. the, a gentleman called from Tamale, called Jeff, and um, he... He Hello. said that the protocols are not being observed, particularly yes, um, um, when um, it comes um, to... I, I disagree with him Okay. on, on that score. Yes, um, nationwide there have been infractions, and those you see, he's mentioning uh, the general infractions that um, right. normally happen at other places. Okay. Um, but with the general population, I must say there's general compliance. So um, it is not very true that um, the people of Tamale are not... Um, adhering to it. Otherwise, the security agencies and authorities would have taken that up. They would have heard about it. All right. Thank you, Jabal. Thank you, Jabal. Um, So, we'll take 
I said my last. This should be my last caller then. Alfred, you are calling from London? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Yes, what do you have to share with us, Alfred? Uh, just uh, a quick one. Um, I, uh, I've just uh, been watching you and uh, I see the tape and uh, the video that came up with the social distancing. Um, what I want to say is the very people that are supposed to uh, make sure the social distancing is working because the president cannot be everywhere. There are certain people in certain areas that have to observe and you know, whatever the president has come up to be ahead. Uh, it's very important uh, to see that change uh, organizing this with support of the security. Uh, if this is happening, I don't know how you can uh, say tell somebody to social distance. This is a rare All right, thank you, Alfred. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you very much. Okay, so like I said, all of you, please hold on. You can send us messages um, about whatever you want to share with us as far as Ghana's fight uh, of the pandemic is concerned, and we will let our guests respond to them for you. Now, I said I'll start with Dr. Abwaji, but let me go to the phone lines and talk to Dr. Augustina Angelina um, Selvakin, who is a lecturer, Department of Theoretical and Applied Biology, KNUSD, and research scientist and virologist at the Kumasi uh, Center, the KCCR. Thank you very much, Doc, for joining us. Great. Okay, so let's... let's Let's begin with what you must have heard some of the callers, you know, practically complain about. The majority of the complaints are about non-compliance with the protocols, particularly social distancing, more particularly in the market. Why do you think people don't seem to want to comply fully? And, and what are the risks if this doesn't go on correctly? Um, indeed. Um, <laughs> sometimes, uh, so for those of us uh, who do the testing in the lab, we get to the lab, we do our testing, and then we come out of the lab and we see what people are doing and we are like, um, <laughs> we honestly don't know what is, what is going on. But um, I'm just thinking that maybe it boils down to education, uh, people assume that the virus is somewhere or some way, somehow, the virus has uh, vamoosed into thing A. I mean, I have heard people make interesting comments um, pointing to the fact that um, as soon as the movement, the restrictions on movement um, some way, somehow, were lifted, it meant that uh, the virus has also um, gone somewhere, vamoosed mm. into, into thing A. I don't know whether people are waiting to see people dying, rushing to their hospitals, but remember that uh, we don't have um, such very strong 
health health system. So I don't think we even want to go to to that level or get to that level. I mean, we have very limited ventilators, and I keep on asking myself. Um, of course, the number of people who even survive on when when put on ventilators. So. Maybe education hasn't gone down very well. Um, pe- do do our people even understand them what social distancing is and the 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 effects um, this social distancing can can make in limiting the spread of the virus? Mm. Have we also involved our local? You know, people in in our environment, in our communities, the local people, such as the chiefs, um, opinion leaders. Um, you know, when you go to the markets, they have um, queen mothers. Yes. They have leaders, and honestly, I'm expecting to see that leadership roles or role they they have been being played played out very well mm. during this time. I know that in the Ashanti region, I, I always comment the Ashanti region. We know that for some of the markets, honestly, they had to be closed down. Um, for some other markets, they were given um, color codes. So, for example, they were given yellow, blue, I don't know the colors. Yes. So that if you, you had um, a yellow color, then it meant that... It's red, you, yellow, you and green. Yeah. Exactly. So you you had designated days on which you had to go to the markets. But I I know that definitely some people uh, took advantage. Some people were doing their own things. I yeah, some some faked some faked it and they were they were they were arrested. Yes. Mm. So maybe people haven't really gotten the message very well. Um, I have kept on saying that maybe we have been giving out a lot of information. Uh, Now our people have a baseline, a foundation, which is excellent. You always need to give out information. Mm. But then I think on top of the information, we may want to be doing education. I mean, I always hear this particular advert and I don't even want to listen to it. It goes like, don't touch your face. I know it is difficult in the local language. But if you know that the thing is difficult, then why don't you explain why it is difficult? And look, with these millennials around, they always want to know why, why, why. So I think that we may want to, I mean, Ghana, we have done very, very well. But maybe we may want to re-strategize. We may want to add some levels in terms of education. And I'm sure that, and of course, involving our local chiefs, our opinion leaders, there's something known as local ownership. Mm. So that, for example, if that queen mother is the one spearheading um, this social distancing and even explaining, and what I also ask myself is that, do our people even know what two meters is? Mm-hmm. Do we know what six feet? We know that, I mean, if you stretch your hand, that's a meter. If there's the other one sitting close to you also stretches his or her hand, it is two. also a meter. So okay. if we can go down to the very basics, mm. I'm sure that then something, our people will comply. And of that's... course, if we show on screens, TV stations, show that, look, this is what is actually happening. Mm. I'm positive that people would adhere to all the things we have been So, as we know, actually the local government ministry is the one spearheading the alternate markets. And local authorities are supposed to strictly enforce that. Where the markets are crowded, they are supposed to ensure some sort of easing up of that market 
and create alternative places. So is it that the local authorities perhaps are not working in tandem with the medical experts to know that this has to be enforced? Is that what is going on? Because if you read the report, you hear a lot of people, even on social media, also complaining. They have gone to the markets and it doesn't appear anything is going on. People have spoken about their Bobuloshi market and so on and so forth. What, I mean, what can uh, the authorities do? I think um, they, may, they may want to enforce, maybe add um, some level of enforcement. I don't know if we want to involve them. Um, of course, if people are not adhering to, to these measures, then we may rather um, add a, a level of enforcement. We may want to involve them. Um, um, our security agencies because look every single body is at risk I mean I am looking I had in one of the districts the market women themselves and I think we should also be promoting um, talking about such um, heroes and heroines I right. know that one particular district the market women themselves actually enforced or they have enforced the social distancing even gone beyond social distancing and they have added the wearing of masks mm. so that when you get to their market and you are not a mask they will actually turn you away mm. i think we should we should we need every single hand on deck right. we cannot leave this to only the local authorities to mm. be doing everything we have to own all the things we are doing some of these mitigation strategies i'll get because to the like, right now but can we look at this issue where Kofi, Kofi Usu in Kumase is, is not a particularly happy about the fact that he and his wife, their samples were taken on the 9th of April and they still don't have a word as to what their status is. I mean, something definitely I, I, share, I share in their anxiety. I would have been very, very, very anxious. But um, a lot of factors may, may, may have uh, resulted in this look uh, um, sometimes you receive samples and the samples are not well labeled sometimes they are not well closed and the, the the unfortunate thing is that now we are using sputum or nasal washes and these samples go into a wide mouth a container and they they they, they need to be cupped they are screws so that if they are not cupped well then the samples would be taken all right but in transit in transporting it to the lab hmm. chances are that you may end up losing everything okay. and um, i mean ashanti region usually when the health the regional health directorate is organizing meetings they invite some of us we take um, participants through some of these things spelling out things out very well for for them right. so i i would be anxious and it is also possible that really the results may have actually been sent but maybe it is sitting in somebody's email hmm. because you know these are patient data and um, i cannot you cannot just call me for me to tell you that oh you are negative or you are positive it needs we have um, a process a process so our director would for example send them um, the the results to the region and then the expectation is that the region will send all the results to the various districts and okay. sometimes it is possible the results may be sitting in somebody's 
somebody's email mm-hmm. um, okay. where we have internet challenges. All Some right. people are such that they don't check their emails. On okay, so look, I'll, on I'll return email. to you. Then we will start an assessment proper of the progress and the challenges. We have heard uh, challenges that have been, you know, mentioned even from um, those at the front, uh, front line and so on. We would like to know what challenges there are and what you, you, you take as the successes that have been made so far. But, Dr. Baji, if we can first look at the concerns that came in, um, Kofi, Kofi was called first. Yeah. His situation, um, you know, Dr. Silver King, who I suspect will be the ones, KCCR, they would have done the testing, the testing. for him. Um, what explanation do you have for people like that? He's not alone. Yeah, thank you very much, um, Samson. Uh, yes, we have similar um, explanation. I think um, the doctor mentioned some of the possible issues, but when samples are not appropriately taken, resampling is done. There's also a lot of emphasis on reporting positives. Mm. And communication may also have been a challenge. But I agree that it's possible that the results are, are there and we should be able to look for his results if it's been done. I should have it. And if I know his name, we'll be able to uh, ensure that he gets his results. Mm. Usually, there are a lot of emphasis is placed. He mentioned on, his name, Kofi Kofi yeah. Usu. But, but the thing is, is there not some protocol yes. that would have ex- that, that, that that at least you would have been contacted that, that and told that your your sample has gone through this process this is where it is you know hold on you should expect it within this period or that period the anxiety may yeah. kill you know thank you I, I'm, I think that's what I was getting to now the protocol is that you get the samples are sent to the lab results are sent to the region mm. Um, national level received that is in immediately the region gives it to the district where the person came from a hospital or a hospital that took the sample mm. because of the nature of the situation we want to have those who participate in taking the sample inform uh, the person okay and um, before we report and that's why like, I keep telling you that that's why we delay in our publication of our results especially in the early phases when there were a few cases, which was very easy to say who is who. All right. So that's what we'll do. So uh, mm. I'm sure there have been a f- some um, error in reporting or not being reached or whatever. But it's something that can be corrected. Okay. Easily. And could we push a lot more for the positive? And then the tendency to ignore the negative, it's very likely that he's negative. That's Our caller from Half Asini Trinity wanted to know uh, whether or not what you have on the site now um includes the backlog that the president spoke about and he also asked to know about what we have stopped speaking about for a while now where are we in the cave which of the caves i suppose you <laughs> ask <laughs> mm. uh, that's a very, very technical question yes mm. um yeah we still have some backlog and with the ramping up of our graphs now even now who i just got a message from the professor they are being that and they don't have any backlog in Volta region and OT region where they are uh, captive, where they are they cover. Yeah. Uh, we are closing the gap, but we still have some backlog, especially uh, in Kumasi, KCCR, where 
the numbers are but we're currently building capacity in Konfanochi and other places so that number includes uh, uh, the, the backlog okay and so you may have in a day reporting a sample of about six to eight thousand mm-hmm Definitely, that is not the day's collection. There mm. are previous backlogs, that is it. But with the expansion of other labs, mm. we are hoping that by the end of next week, we should be able to report uh, in real time. All right, Dr. Hansen, the majority but, of the but callers... But just to add, you about see, social in terms of looking at the curve, maybe mm. those are the things that we use in, in the strategizing. All right. We also know when a sample is taken, and when it's positive. So we are able to go back and look at samples taken on 24th. How many are positive? And that is what we plot to see where we are. And currently, we are not seeing any increase in this. And we are virtually stabilizing. That's why we are not okay. worried. That's a good job. Now, Dr. Hansen, majority of the complaints were about lack of, you know, compliance with the social distancing, you know, protocols, in markets we've we've uh, heard about food vendors and taxi drivers you know who have also tested um, how else do you think you know we can go about the education to ensure strict compliance in the markets more particularly well I, I think that we need to do a quick assessment of the situation which to a large extent, is being done. But we need to bring a conclusion to that. And then relook the approach to the social distancing and possibly include some enforcement measures. Everybody In seems specifics to be, you are looking at? Yes. Everybody seems to be talking about the markets. But, you know, the business districts sometimes may deceive us. When you go there, it's so clear. But in the communities themselves, the social distancing is also not being observed. So the local authorities, I think, have the owners now. And possibly we should involve the security agencies to ensure that people adhere to these measures and to an extent start bringing in the courts so that people can also start facing some of the penalties as felt out in the laws. Without that, it looks like everybody thinks that it's the usual business is going on and nobody cares. It's difficult, but we need to make efforts. So, for example, this bit about markets, for example, where some regions, let's say Ashanti, they are trying to sort of have some different days for the different people to come in. So through the color codes. Central region, Kaswa is trying to expand the markets, i.e. moving some of the traders from the traditional markets to school parks, stuff like that. We should look at some of these measures and ensure that we make them mandatory throughout the country, especially the two epic centers, Accra Kumase, as in Greater Accra and Ashanti region. Of course. There are emerging places like Eastern as well where we need to send our experiences from Accra and let that be seen to be bearing some fruit in those regions so that we don't have a situation where by the time... What about Eastern? No, it's an emerging in terms of... 
So try, we started off with Ashanti and Greater Accra being the places with most of their numbers. Now they are followed by Eastern in mm. terms of their numbers. Okay. That's what I'm saying that we should not allow those regions who are also beginning to record cases to get to the levels of Greater Accra and Ashanti. Else then we have a higher risk. What we have just witnessed Friday and yesterday, what can the impact be? I mean, you, have, you have crowds in an installation process and um, no social distancing, majority no masks. You see, sometimes we, we should take... Violating we, we the should, law and being protected by the police to do so. We should take advantage of situations like that and deal with, in quotes, the people who are influential. And that will serve as a warning to the rest of us. Whoever gave the order to the police, assuming without admitting that the police were notified and they weren't there to give protection. Right from the IGP to the lowest person, people should start having questions to answer for flouting the president's directives. At the local level, I don't know the extent of involvement of, say, the local community, i.e. the district assembly, I mean the administrative structures. People should answer questions. The National and Regional House of Chiefs themselves, they should start asking themselves questions. And then, of course, the institution in that locality, the traditional institution, should also be brought to task. Because we cannot allow things of this nature to happen when we are all trying to fight a common enemy. You said they, led should, by the they should be made to ask, answer questions. Yes, of course. For flouting the president's directives. Yes. You, you're a lawyer, so you know that the president's <laughs> directives by way of an EI are backed with the force of law. They are law, so to speak. So they have not just flattered directives. They have, they have, they have breached law. Is it just answering questions or well, well, what is happening? No, no. Well, let me what is happening to preachers who are being arrested here and there is the same thing that should happen to them. Samson, let me expand quickly. You see, when I started, I said that very influential people should be brought to book for all of us to learn lessons from. So by saying that they should be made to answer questions, what I meant is that they should be taken through their due process and where they are found to have formally breached the rules, the exact punishment as spelled out, it probably is the maximum, mm. should be given out. That's all I'm trying to say. Okay. Because, you see, we, we cannot continue this way. People feel that life is okay with that. You think that sends very bad signals to everybody else Te who is watching Technically so. That is it. Because, you see, this is the traditional authority. We expect that they will also be showing leadership. So if they are also breaching their rules. But, of course, we don't have all the facts at our hands. This is just based on what we have seen. And that's why I'm saying that clearly on the evidence as we have seen on the surface, there's a presumption that these things have been done wrongly. That's why I say we should look into the circumstances and those who ought to be brought to book, we bring them to book okay. for some sanity to prevail. Mm. You see, the problem in all this is this. Or the biggest risk here is that in our context, the Ghanaian context, what we have seen is that there are a lot of asymptomatic people in the system. Asymptomatic so, means what? These are people who have the infection. Technically speaking, you don't see any obvious signs of illness. Maybe at some point it could happen because as the disease progresses, depending on how things work out for a particular patient, it could move from mild to moderate to severe or even critical. But within this asymptomatic phase, where they are not showing any symptoms, so they don't have a cough, they don't have a fever, all the things that we've been preaching about, they don't have them. So you see them, and 
on the surface, it's just like any of us sitting here. So when you bunch up in the numbers as we saw in your clips, you end up, and when I saw the clips, I, I'm not too sure that I saw even on just a cross section 10% of the people in mass. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. So what it means let, is that let's, let's let's have that uh, video footage again from Equaping where the installation was happening. So what, that, yeah. what, what it means is that all these people, mm. if there are asymptomatic cases amongst them, yes. they are actually few. yes, few mm. you can see there's one or two people on the surface you can see, you know. So clearly, there's a risk yeah. out there for everybody involved. Including the people who are being installed as chief themselves. Mm. There's a risk. The leaders of the community, i.e., the traditional authority, as we see them, they are also not. They are in any hands. Yes. The very things that, the very things that we, we, we are talking about. Mm. And I don't know how long this procession was. I don't know. But clearly, these are the sort of things. That's because let, let's not forget that we have community spread, right? So, whether we like it or not, the disease is with us in our communities, mm. and we cannot pretend that some communities are exempted from right. anything. Okay. People even have imported cases from other regions. Mm. I don't know people who may have moved from Accra or elsewhere to be part of it, mm. and these are the sort of things we are all trying to talk about. Okay, okay, so very briefly, um, Dr. Bwaji. So we are watching you guys do a very difficult job. And you are receiving a lot of praise, not locally also, but even internationally. When you see something like this, what does it say to you for the efforts and the work you are putting in? Yeah, thank you very much. It worries us a lot because um, the success of this exercise does not only depend on us. It also mostly depends on how people comply with these measures. Otherwise, it's like having a drum with a boat with a, a, a hole in the bottom. As you pour in, it pours out. So we want to really ensure. And I just saw that nose mask is, uh, you call it nose mask, not mouth mask. And a lot of people who are wearing masks are actually not covering their nose. Right. And I think that is something that we must continue to explain to people that that is it. So it really worries. And it's not just the masks alone, but all the other ma measures together mm. is the one that creates that ability not to spread uh, the infection. But what we have also coming out this week is the fact that I think we need to strengthen our protocols. We need to give clear, we are going to give clear guidelines that if you are a hairdresser, what and what and what should be done in a hairdressing saloon? Mm -hmm. What and what should be done in a barbering saloon? Okay. What should be done in the market? I think there are the lack of Okay. Clear guidance on that, and we are coming up very closely with that. We just done that with the uh, local airports. All right. Put tests there. We know how to manage your your bags, who wears masks, social distances in the planes. Clearly demarcated mm. rules. You know when you go there. One of the examples I can give you that you know when you are boarding, they take your ticket and they give you one. Now you you have your ticket and you give them one instead of the other way around. So that's everybody. So, so we need to come up with those things. That the, also keep the, clear that the action. delay or seeming lack of proactivity in doing the things you are saying mm -hmm. you want to do, doesn't it affect the effectiveness of your fight? For example, after the president has said we should wear the mask and lifted the yeah. the lockdown, it took it took a week before we got the directives from the from the from you or the ministry, the minister issuing and telling us 
what sort of mask, where to wear the mask, how to wear the mask, all of that. It took it took a week. Yeah, yeah, something. Yes, we are in in a response mode, and these are things are happening uh, very fast. Maybe what comes out as a directive on paper comes a bit later than the real community education and meeting communities and telling them exactly how to do it whilst we work through the specifications etc to put it out there clearly so even before the president begins to tell us that this is what i expect you to do yes so so those are the things that okay um maybe the writer that comes Mm. a bit late Mm. but as you said young son the media etc these education and interactions start way back before the, the clear distance come out. Maybe it's the right up that come out. Okay. In so terms we'll, of flag, the we'll flag that as one of yeah. the challenges in the, in the progress report that we are going to look at now. So now let me begin with you. Um, progress. Beyond the platitudes that you are enjoying from all over the place, what can you show us now to vindicate the fact that you have made a lot of progress. Yeah, um, thank you very much. Um, when you are faced with such a condition, the, the real issue is to be able to identify the cases and manage them. And I mean, that's the way I want to put it. Yeah. And in doing so, we are working towards making sure that we don't get in further imports. And that's why the borders are closed. Right. Now, you need to track people. You need to test people. You need to treat people and isolate them. And that's a very, very important component mm. that we are doing. That's what the Koreans did. That's what all those countries have done. And in that instance, we've been able to test currently about 113,000 um, people. I mean, for a country of 30 million, uh, we've been able to put a lot of people who are sick in isolation and in treatment. I bet some of them even at home treatment where we feel the environment is appropriate. Mm. And now we have people who are not asymptomatic in isolation camps. Yes, we may not have had all of them, but that to me is an important step in ensuring that transmission is, if not curtailed, is currently being significantly being reduced. And to me, that's what it is. Mm. And that is why we've still been able to maintain even the positivity rate still low. For example, those who have symptoms and meet the, um, the definition for testing, we are only getting about 2.7. I wouldn't want to say the word only. Maybe that's a... Mm. We are getting 2.71%, which is still a low prevalence looking at other countries where they are getting 10%, 20%. And so that gives us hope that when we started, we are having the same rate and we've been able to maintain that positivity rate despite the fact that we've done over 26 or so thousand samples in that group. Okay. If you look at the overall testing, we have a possibility of 1.83 as uh, the last um, uh, figure that you mm. quoted. Mm. So, so that is also an indication that you are not also, the infection is not getting out of hand. We wish it is 1% or less than 1%, but that is still a manageable situation that if we ramp up our public health, systems we should be able to mm. contain and put this uh, condition under control the fortunate thing is that about 85 to 89 percent of our cases are in accra so that creates a good buffer for us to be able to contain and that's why we have enhanced our activities especially in the district in greater accra where we have cases so 
those are the things that we are doing and we continue to do. We are ramping up our treatment facilities across the country so that anywhere you are, you are able to look at that. Now, with, with nav- the northern sector, the Volta sector, the Volta region, they are not going to have any backlog. So they should be able to report in, in, okay. in, in, in clear time because okay. of the number of labs that have been. Mm. Accra has an epicenter. Is there are none of cases here. And even by the time we finish all those things, we should be able to. So now we have in total how many testing centers? Um, it keeps changing. Yesterday, Confinance was added. So okay. <laughs> we should have close about 8 to 10 now because we have the Noguchi, the preference lab in Accra. Mm-hmm. We have the uh, CSR. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about okay. CSR. Right. And um, we are now trying to add the police uh, um, um, uh, there's uh, the, the, the alarm, the, the alarm. police lab, uh, the okay. forensic lab, and the veterinary people, and the veterinary people are also part of that group. If you go to Kumasi, now cases here, we are putting up Confanoche, it's been added to the, to the group. Um, we are working on Takra, the reference lab, Tamale, the Pon Tamale, and Navrongo mm-hmm. research center are on board. So that gives us a large level. Now, I say, who. Last week and uh, has tested about 527 uh, cases since it was started about. How about Sunyani? Sunyani, no, we don't have any. Yeah, because we have heard them suggest that you know the research center in mm-hmm. Sunyani uh, deserves a certain attention. They have suggested that they have the capacity to do so. But you mean Kintampo? Uh, Kintampo, yes, 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 yes. yes. But yes. no attention has been paid to them. Oh, we are we are looking at it. It's, it's not. Uh, you see the the PCR machines. Mm. We have regular one. We have the real time PCR, and that is something else. You see, uh, one thing about that area is that for the for since we we started, the three brown half regions and Savannah has not reported any case, despite the fact that they are doing a lot of testing, especially Bono East. Okay, there's been no case. Okay, but of course um, that doesn't mean that we will not. But for what those groups are doing. Is preparing all those, including getting a lab and mm. being able to have a way of, even if they don't have a lab, a quick transportation of samples uh, to cases here or neighboring for for the test to be done. Okay, so uh, Dr. Hansen, adding to what he has enumerated, quarantine centers, how people who are isolated are being taken care of, and the rest. What would you say? Um, is there some good progress in that? in that uh, space well you see clearly we've made a lot of progress in terms of our testing capacity but we also still have the problem with that because at least within the short term we still have the backlog and what does what that does is that it impedes our ability to move forward quickly i.e getting to know who is positive picking the patient up quickly to go through treatment and what have you. The more you wait, as in the waiting time, and from what we are seeing, people are also not respecting some of the preventive measures. Then there is a likelihood that the person having been tested and awaiting results will still be moving around, and if he turns out to be positive, within that three, four day, five day, or one week plus, as we've seen in some cases, he has the ability to spread the disease. And that adds on to our case buildup. Mm-hmm. So if we are able to go through these processes quickly and then get to the point where we can get real-time results, then we'll be able to be ahead of the virus. the virus. 
But as it stands now, we are still struggling because of the initial challenges we all had because the system itself was not ideally prepared for that. But we are making some strides. But we need to do a lot more. We need to do a lot more. So there's also another challenge associated with the testing. What is happening is that some of the people upon being tested, it becomes difficult to reach out to them. You see, Kofi said he hasn't had his results, which for all of us is and not he's actually making efforts to know. Yes. And there are also people who are also evading us. <laughs> you see, if everybody was behaving like Kofi, we'd be fine. But there are people who are evading us. They test, and when you are looking for them, based on whatever results you have and whatever protocols you want them to adhere to or take them through, sometimes you can't find them. You may find them after a longer period, or some you can't even find. You see, and these people are also in the communities. And, and these people, around. when they hear stories like those of uh, Kofi, does, does it not rather discourage them from wanting to do what you expect them to do? You see, it, Kofi and his kind are being very responsible. He doesn't want to begin to get into, you know, in, to get in, to live a life that is likely to endanger other people. Which is so great. he wants to know as quickly as possible his status so that he can decide how he conducts his life and and months and nothing has you see, come. Samson, I, I think that we should all agree and accept the fact that look, there are sometimes challenges with the system. Those systemic challenges sometimes are not the making of the health professionals. But of course, we need to go around them. And we are doing our best to go around them. At least in Kofi's case, I remember Dr. Baje stating clearly that if he gets the details he will make sure he follows up and all that sometimes we don't even get some to know some of these things so generally these are some of the problems that we encounter but for people who are deliberately evading us sometimes we have patients who have tested positive we go into the community wanting to get them into the treatment centers and they are not ready to go. Okay. The community gangs up against the health professionals. Mm. <laughs> and this is not right. You know, in Sierra Leone, when the Ebola pandem- uh, epidemic started the last time, these were some of the things that happened to them. People actually started attacking the health workers. It got to a point the health workers did not go to them. And that gave them the opportunity or gave the virus the opportunity to also spread among the very same people mm. who were trying to protect. Okay. So one key thing we all need to look at is our, is our attitudinal influences when it comes to this pandemic and how we are handling it. All right. We need to look at our attitude as a people. Okay. It is not the system in terms mm. of the health sector alone, mm. but as individuals and communities, we need to take a lot more responsibilities let's, for our own Let's, let's uh, pick the views of uh, Dr. Severkin. And also joining us is Kwame Esedu uh, Sapong. Kwame Esedu Sapong. He is a, <clears throat> a pharmacist and also with the CDD Ghana. Um, thank you for joining us, Kwame. Thank you, Samson, for having me. Great. So, 
you and Dr. Selvakin, I'll get to Dr. Selvakin and come to you because there is another angle we would like to bring you on about this whole uh, thing. Now, uh, Doc, the questions being asked is about, can't we be clear about our turnaround time as far as the tests are concerned? You are the ones doing the test. Um, indeed, um, Samson, we, can, we, we, we are always very clear about the turnaround time. We know that between six to, to eight hours, we should be able to give you the results. But again, it boils down to the starting specimen. So the specimen presented. For example, we know that currently we are using sputum. And you know sputum is mucoid. So when we receive mu um, sputum in our labs, we have to do some pre-preparation activities. And this can really take a very, very long time. We know that, um, thankfully, we have received um, some swabs. So actually for us at KCCR, we are really looking very much forward to receiving the swabs. Mm. Now, when we receive swabs, you don't need any pre-preparation activities. You just start... Um, processing the sample, so you do your RNA ex um, isolation or extraction, you go on it to do your amplification, and then you have your results. Mm. But if I have received sputum, then I need to spend a lot of time. Uh, so so these are some, some of the challenges. And right. again, I mean, for us, we are even also excited that now there are other testing sites. But we also need to recognize that this virus is a, is a typical, we call it biosafety level 4 virus. So even for all the testing labs, we never work with the live virus. Mm. So we never culture the virus. If you want to do that, then you need a biosafety level 4. When, um, when, can, we, when can we look to real-time results? So we can look at uh, real-time results when we don't have backlogs. Because if we have, we have, or we have backlogs because we had limited testing sites. But now, thankfully, we, we have set up two labs in Tamale, one in, sorry, one in Tamale and one in Pong Tamale. I know that next week, Western Region will come on board. We know that um, um, in Kumasi, Konfanochi will come on board and hopefully next week. So once we expand and we have more testing sites, then the issue of backlogs and importantly, we'll be able to also produce or provide real-time results. I mean, we are all interested in giving out real-time results, but then with the limited testing sites we have, we can only um, at a point in time work on the number of samples we have and um, so as the days goes on, we end up getting some few uh, backlogs. But mm. um, we are actually clearing all those backlogs. So we have given ourselves up to early next week uh, to ensure that we, we don't have any backlogs. Very interesting. Let me get to Kwame uh, C.A. Dusapong. And um, Kwame, first of all, uh, we are excited to know that you... Uh, is it have volunteered or you are part of the process in the UK to assist, you know, in, in their fight? What exactly are you doing and what do you see that you, you think would be useful for, for Ghana? Thank you, Samson. I'm, I'm doing a number of things. I mean, at the moment, I'm working as 
just a pharmacist, which I've not done for a pretty long time because obviously you do the management and other things. But in this fight, it's all hands on deck. So I, my day job basically now is a frontline pharmacist who actually dispenses advice, picks up the phones, and speaks to people who are anxious, makes sure people's medication, especially all those over 70 who have been, um, what you call, shielded off and are not allowed to come out soon to speak because they're being protected from the virus to make sure that there's a supply chain going on and they can receive all their medicines on time. So that's what I do in the day job. But I'm also involved, I did volunteer, as you rightly said, to be one of the first people to actually um, get jabbed with this vaccine, which um, some I think I'm a bit crazy. Some of my colleagues um, felt I was crazy. But the reason why I did it was that if you look at the UK statistics, um, about 72% of all people who've passed away are from black and ethnic minority groups. So disproportionately, the black man, the Asian, are dying compared to the whites, the Caucasians, and others. But when it comes to participation in clinical trials, less than 10% of us are willing to volunteer. So this was the question I asked myself. I said, if we are the ones who are going to lose our lives, and we are not prepared to stand up and dare to die, then obviously we are not prepared to dare to live as well because we are going to become sitting backs and, and get hit. So yes, I took that job. And I also um, pa- am participating in the Turkish trial where they are giving um, a number of medicines to frontline workers to prevent the virus actually from um, attacking them and culturing. So they are using um, three medicines, which obviously I wouldn't want to go into details about it. So those are the two things that I'm doing. So it's not just about talking, it's also about stepping up to the plate and trying to be part of the fight. Mm. Right. So you have also observed how Ghana has been managing this so far. Um, The Ghana team has received a lot of applause, but there obviously are challenges as well. From where you sit, share with us your observations. You see, Samson, the way I look at help and for that matter science is always not to say how well you've done but how better you could have done so i come from the standpoint of not actually saying oh you've not done anything because um both dr Abadji and dr Yansin would know that as scientists what we do is to gather body of evidence so it starts by the body of science building for individuals and teams doing their research publishing research papers which go through peer review, then as they, um, it's approved and published in established journals, people then gather their primary research into secondary research and do systematic reviews. Then for us in health, there's what we call the Cochrane reviews, which are the brand one signs that we go from. So when I'm looking at anything, I'm tr- always trying to look at it from that critical perspective. And therefore, yes, I would say that Ghana has done um, quite well but there's a lot more we could have done. And I listened to Dr. Abuaji when he was speaking. For example, when you look at um, our testing, I heard on Joy um, last, a couple of days ago, about a pathologist from the military hospital who was saying that someone had tested negative, but when they had done the autopsy, they had found out that they had tested positive for COVID. That throws up a number of things. Okay. It could be that, yes, yes so, they So do negative. this, do this. Hold on there for me briefly. Let's hear exactly what the pathologist had to say uh, about this uh, 
uh, examination that they did, and then we'll come to you. Let's hear the pathologist. <laughs> Postmortem unravels so many things. Initially, I've done two cases that results came as negative. The family wanted to know. But subsequent tests that we took during postmortem proved positive. This is a principal part of the fighting with the COVID. We can now do our research, our investigation to support the treatment we are doing to the giving to the patients. All right, so that's the pathologist there who was speaking to Latif Idris uh, about the issue that you uh, mentioned. And you say it throws up a number of issues. Yes. It throws up a number of things. The first thing is the person could have genuinely been negative at the time the test was done. And subsequently, with um, a virus that is so virulent, might have contracted the disease later on down the line and then subsequently died. It could even be a hospital-acquired infection when you went into the infection because they um, placed there. That's one thing. It could be that the test was negative because the incubation period of the virus is such that if the test was done too early, it wouldn't be picked, and therefore they would test negative. But then the incubation is going on. Okay. It, could also be, it could also be what is called in science a false negative, where the actual person was positive, but it turned out negative, which then has issues to do with. Is it a um, systematic error? Is it a sampling error? Is it even got to do with the sensitivity of the test? So when things like this happen, we need to look at it with a critical eye and ask ourselves, what is going on here? Because that could impact if, for example, it's um, a false negative. Statistically, how many false negatives are we having? Is it statistically significant? Does it then mean that a proportion of the people who probably have tested negative in our test are actually positives? That is one thing to look at. Then, um, if you had Dr. Wadi, and in this he case, said, they actually tested, they actually did a postmortem on two. Yes. Who had and tested, so if, who had yes, tested if negative, two. but on postmortem examination uh, were positive? Yes. So, if it's two, um, it opens up a can of worms. And then you ask yourself, how many more exist? So these are the things I'm looking at. And then the other thing from a testing standpoint is what Dr. Abwaju was talking about. And he said, if you realize our ratio of positive tests to total tests has gone up by from 1.5 to 1.83, it is true that it's still very low compared to other countries. But it is also true that statistically, our test positives has gone up by 20% because it's increased by 033 and the baseline is 1.5. So 0.33 divided by 1.5 times 100 is 20%. If you are getting a 20% spike with a virus, which is known to have a reproductive number close to three, you should be concerned. Especially when you look at it from the point of view that it took us close to 39 days to move from our first two cases to over 1,000 cases, 1,042. But it took us less than six days to go from there to 2,550, which is a clear indication that our doubling time has also changed. And that should be another concern for us. Then if you, if you disaggregate Ghana and you look at the different curves, because like you see, in Accra, they are on a different trajectory from the rest of the country. But if you look at 
Ashanti region now, Ashanti region is also beginning to pick up. If you then factor in what, because if you look at any disease, especially an infectious disease, what we call the, uh, um, the R not or the, um, what do you call it, reproductive number, changes and varies as the disease goes on. Because even if you introduce interventions like social distancing, it's going to affect the infectivity of the virus. So if you look at Ghana, we've done a rough calculation and we have an idea what the R number for Ghana is. But the problems with it is what is the lag time between the reports we're seeing on the Ghana Health Service portal, which we're using to do the calculations, and where sampling is picked. And so we are talking about it as a crude number. But even with that crude number, we are concerned because we, we definitely know that Ghana is in an exponential phase. And we are concerned because the president is right in saying that in this phase, we should use face masks because you want to stop the transmission of the virus. But people are not doing it. We saw what happened in Equipment. We're seeing it in some markets and all that. And so if we are not going to do these things, then try as the Ghana Health Service may do with the best will in the world, we would still have issues. The final thing I'd say before I go is another thing we've not picked up on is that if you look up to last Sunday, our mortality was 11. We had lost only 11 people to COVID. By Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday it went up to 16. Thursday it went up to 17. That is a spike of 54%. So though you would say that our mortality is low, the changes that are taking place in the underlying data are concerning for people like us who look at it from a critical and um, peer review standpoint and say, yes, they are doing a lot, but there seems to be some seismic changes that are taking place that we need to be cognizant of. Okay, so what I'll do now, I'll take a quick break. When we return, we'll get to Dr. Boadje because a number of questions are coming up uh, for him as regards, you know, this, uh, some of the comments that he himself has made suggesting uh, it, does, uh, it, it does look as if we have, is it uh, flattened or managed our curve and uh, a couple of other matters that are coming up. We'll be right back. home and social distancing, I can say that I've been more than sorted by Bank of Africa's Smart Banking Suites. Thanks to Bank of Africa's B-Mobile, I am able to settle bill payments, purchase airtime, and transfer money directly into bank accounts or through Momod. With the Sesame and Visa cards, POS payments and online shopping are made possible. I am also able to run my business from my study, fulfill all my local and foreign business commitments, and keep up with financial transactions through BOA Web. I may be home, but I am banking on the go with Bank of Africa. At Bank of Africa, we anticipate your needs and give you smart solutions. Download our B-Mobile app on Play Store. iOS and Yam phone users can dial star 389 star 021 hash and self-register. For more information, visit our website at www.boagana.com or call us on 0302429333. Bank of Africa, the African bank of global reach. 
Joy 99.7 FM and Multimedia. Celebrating 25 years of broadcasting excellence. Our name is Joy FM. And our vision is to impact our generation. years of impactful broadcasting joy 99.7 joy fm multimedia yadamasita thank you join us impact our Celebrating 25 years Happy anniversary Celebration Broadcasting excellence Happy anniversary Celebration Celebrating 25 years Happy anniversary Celebration Broadcasting excellence into bank accounts or through Momo. With your Sesame and Visa cards, POS payments and online shopping are made possible. I am also able to run my business from my study, fulfill all my local and foreign business commitments, and keep up with financial transactions through BOA Web. I may be home, but I am banking on the go with Bank of Africa. At Bank of Africa, we anticipate your needs and give you smart solutions. Download our B-Mobile app on Play Store. iOS and young phone users can dial star 389 star 021 hash and self-register. For more information, visit our website at www.boagana.com or call us on 030-242-9333. Bank of Africa, the African bank of the global reach. To every pharmacist, every doctor, every nurse, and those of you who work at the hospital or isolation centers, we love you. Don't give up. To all frontline health workers, the fate of humanity depends on you. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. years and above do you know that men about 40 years are likely to have prostate disorders do you have a healthy prostate do you know that a healthy prostate is a healthy life prostate cyste a prostate health management herbal drug is your solution prostate cyste is a 100% herbal drug uniquely formulated and produced from herbal extracts with prostate cyste you can now enjoy peaceful sleep and improve quality life prostate cyste is available 
in most pharmacies, over-the-counter medicines, and herbal shops throughout the country. This product is not suitable for pregnant women, lactating mothers, and children below 12 years of age. For bulk purchase, contact Phytotech Limited on 0246-490116 or 0209-977733. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Prostate State, a healthy prostate, a healthy life. Welcome back. This is News File, it's your most authoritative news analysis platform. And here we are trying to assess Ghana's progress so far. Um, we want to check if the evidence backs the praise that Ghana's team is receiving. And then um, many of you have even brought in questions. You're asking, uh, should you be expecting some lockdown? if not general in specific areas where it appears that uh, there's a, a disproportionate distribution of the cases um, and so on. So we'll get to all of that. And then there have been questions raised about some challenges. There are even frontline workers who have complained about PPEs. Um, how far are we doing with all of that? Yes, yeah, so um, Doc, some some people want to know, for for example, and I asked that question to Dr. Silverkin, when can we look to real-time results so that we don't have to wait two weeks and we don't have to have a Kofi situation where he's waited uh, almost a month now? Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Um, uh, for the greatest backlog, challenge we had was uh, more with cases here because they don't have as many PCR machines as uh, Noguchi. Mm. And if Dr. Zebekan said they are going to be ready by early next week, then that would mean that by that time we should be able to do a catch up. But there's been a lot of ramp up in Accra. Okay. And be able to, to look at that so we can uh, look at it. But I just want to also. You, you said that about cases here. How about Noguchi? Yes, Noguchi had a, a smaller number of backlog compared to uh, KCCR. And looking at the capacity of Noguchi, if KCCR can catch up by early next week, Noguchi should be able to do the same. In, in fact, same one, one, one KCCR had about 13,000 backlog. Noguchi had about 5,000. 5, mm. So clearly, Noguchi's capacity is way bigger. Mm -hmm. And once they've been able to come down on their numbers to 5,000 and looking at the rates at which they are testing, mm -hmm. clearly Noguchi should be able to do that quickly. Mm. But that will also depend on the kind of contact tracing we are doing and the numbers of people who are being robbed mm -hmm. in. Yeah. Because as the numbers surge up, we are now around 2,074 officially. Yeah, but we, we know that in the next couple of a week or two, we may be doubling, uh, we may be getting like say a 30 to 50 percent rise or something. These are our projections, okay. And once that goes up, that's new numbers 20 or 30 or 40 maximum 50 percent of the current figure. We need to do contact tracing for them as well. Mm. 
So that what it means is that a lot more people might also be brought on. Mm. So yes, we are aiming to clear the backup, but we also need to get people to understand that the dynamics are not that simple. Yeah. Especially now that we are doing the enhanced contact tracing yes, and right. testing. And and, yes. and is it the pool sampling that we are still using? Particularly, is that only for Noguchi or everybody else is doing that? All the testing centers. Well, I know that KCC also do post t- t- testing okay. and. Um, Probably that's one area that, um, I mean, I'm not a virologist, but I'm sure these are proven tests that I also know that many Western countries are doing the same. In a mm. country where you have a low prevalence like that, first it means that with about 2.2, 1.8%, if we did about 100 uh, tests, you get only about two positives. At, at the Ghana Health Service, you have the um, Ethical Review Committee they would have to approve that this full sampling has to be done. The, have they given that approval? The universities have their own ethical review committee. Noguchi has its own Noguchi, so they don't rely on our ethical uh, review committee. But these are methodologies that have been there for a long time. And in, in science, you don't have all kinds of debate that will go on on every method. And whoever, someone may believe in another method, someone has big issues with that. And so it's something that will probably have in the last to, years. to be sure of approvals. Maybe the CDC or WHO oh, we, would have we had don't to need approve CDC. Them. We don't need mm. CDC. We don't need WHO. Mm. We have our systems here to look at. And Noguchi is a, a highly respected uh, lab uh, in the world. And, okay. and we believe that whatever they do is above board. Okay. But I just wanted to make some comments on what um, Mr. Sedu from mm. London, the pharmacist. Yes. You see, Quite some of these figures, yeah. if yeah. you look at them, it depends on exactly what you're doing. The first 39 days we're talking about, we're just doing routine surveillance. As soon as you start going out to look for who has it, the numbers are going to change. And so if you start ramping them up in those positive, it becomes a bit... Uh, this, and some of the, the deaths, um, it's, uh, it's not as if those were deaths in the last two days prior to that. It depends on when the death is reported. Some of them were died on arrival, samples were taken, so the results come in a week's time. And then, of course, we are being transparent, so we add it uh, to, the, to, to, to the list. If you remember the last time I said, we are evaluating the figures and confirming that. And once we confirm, we publish them. So, um, so I mean, 17, if it's in your family, is a lot. But looking at the number we are dealing with, we still have a relatively low um, uh, mortality rate. So those um, increases in positive, it's all about how you get a full picture in surveillance. It's not just about the numbers. You have to look at the full picture. If you say, for example, Eastern region is becoming a hotbed. Eastern region may just have one large camp where you have so many people positive. That doesn't pose a threat to the region. So you may even in our classification, we classify central region at a higher risk mm-hmm. than eastern region because right. the eastern region ones are circumscribed and you can really deal with them. But when you have sporadic ones spreading everywhere, one here, one there, then you have a... Uh, that's when you... So the classification is not so much only about the numbers, where they right. are and how uh, they are acquired and how you can be contained. Right. So w- what, what are some of the challenges that you have faced over the period? We have heard from some of the people on the front line. You are the one sort of coordinating everything that has to be done. What are some of the challenges you face? And we want to know them so that those that concern us, we can assist you. 
Yeah, um, I think PPE has always been a big issue. PPE is, um, they are more like supplies. That you may have today, you will have tomorrow, because they have to be replenished all the time. And so where there are a few supply chain issues, you may have a distribution challenge. That's one. Initially, we had a major distribution and production challenge. Even when we started, even if you have money, you can't find to buy. Mm-hmm. So, but now that with the local production, a large number has been done and currently being pushed. And see, when you're dealing with medical things, it is not just produce and share. You produce, you test, you do quality control, and then you put, because what we don't want, I'm sure you've heard that, uh, um, is it Germany or so, one of those countries where they have rejected their PPEs that they are not safe. Mm-hmm. Those, all those things have to be checked to ensure that whatever reach the health worker is of good standard, that's a protective and so that doesn't give you the, you think you are protected when you're actually having masks that has holes in them. Okay. So those are a few supply chain issues. But now that the production is ongoing, yeah, we should okay. be able to, they have been resolved. Okay. Yeah. What else? Well, the most important one is the behavior of our people. Mm. And um, one is the fact that people are not adhering to the social distancing, hand washing, etc. That creates a big, big challenge for us. That would mean that all your effort to contain it's been eroded because people continue to spread because they are not abiding by, by those things. Sometimes, through the way information is handled, one of our greatest uh, things that we are doing is isolation. If you are not sick and I'm isolated in some place, it is not a very pleasant uh, experience that you are mild, you don't have any complaint, but because of the cases you are managing, you are isolated from your family, etc. And so when media goes there and raise issues that affect people's ability to now accept to go there, it affects the, uh, our efforts significantly. And I think that has something that has to be looked at, that you go and raise all kinds of issues which are normal that if I'm put somewhere I'll not be happy and you come and blow it as if you don't have this mortar this morning and becomes a big issue. What you are saying is that those who are now ready to come, she refused to come and then that creates a big problem for all of us. And yeah. I think those are some of the things that we really need to, to, to look at. Okay. So Dr. Anson, there are those who suggest for example that one of the challenges should be the inability to get real time, you know, uh, test results and it is not exactly about the testing centers and that the officers who are supposed to do the contact tracing and bring these uh, results or government so to speak is part of managing that timing what, what do you know about that okay let, let me just add a, 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 a quick one to what dr Barney said when it comes to the attitude now bits uh, we should look at what we are doing as a state. I know the risk communication and social mobilization team mm. within the structure headed by Dr. Abuajina Costa. I've been part of the work and I know they've done a lot of work and they are still doing a lot. But then, if we look at the attitude of the Ghanaian generally, not that Ghanaians are difficult. But our brothers and sisters who don't seem to be adhering to some of these rules, then what it tells us is that we still need to do a lot more education, a lot more of the social mobilization and communication to ensure that the problems that Dr. Abwaji raised 
vis-a-vis the communication and how things are being done in some of the centers are actually corrected. And then even in spite of whatever report that may come from some of these centers, we need to look at it in two aspects. One, if there are genuine issues that the media is raising, for which reason government or the system has to address, definitely we need to address it because definitely. if that is left unchecked, it also becomes a disincentive to the fight that we are all waging. Mm. And then two, for the ordinary man who may be fed with this information, that person should also be made to understand that your own personal circumstances might be different from somebody else. And that if you are positive, for example, or you know you are high risk, but you are refusing to be moved to a particular point where you can get proper care, it could in no negatively to you yourself as a person, mm. your immediate family and right. the community you find yourself right. in. The question, need to yeah, the question I was asking was about this real-time yes. testing thing results. The suggestion is that government's response, you know, team is is sort of managing the timing. Um, there are those who have also raised suggestions within your fraternity that even the mortality data is also being managed. <laughs> okay, what, what we, we are saying is this. It is not just about the communication, especially when we look at the hospital setup, that today our numbers have gone up by, say, 150 cases. But at the hospital level, for example, what we want is real-time results, i.e., the clinician who has identified a suspected case and has requested that samples be taken and is holding the suspected case in the health facility needs to get the results quickly because decisions will have to be made mm. based on that resource. So if you delay for a couple of days to a week plus, you are hampering the work of the practitioner. Beyond that, you also put the health personnel at risk because here is a patient who everybody suspects, at least for the protocols, to be potentially a candidate that can be described as a positive case, for which reason we've done the test. Now, once you know that, it means you need to take extra preventive measures to ensure that you don't contaminate your health professionals. And then, if the patient is such that the patient is one that was on the ward before the decision to screen was made, you also don't contaminate other patients mm. and realities visitors will come around. So for us, the real-time results is not even just about the numbers, as in the publishing of the numbers that we have hundred and one of you. Mm. For us, it is about receiving the test results quickly mm. to enable us to take decisions. Of course, in the bigger picture, Ghanaians will want to know the numbers. So if they are being updated on a regular basis, they then have a lot more confidence because in this exercise, confidence is one thing. If you don't let your people come along with you because they have lost confidence in you, you might not win the fight. Okay. Let, let, let me pick Kwame Sakon Sedu's mind on this. The, the suggestions that the government's response team is directly influencing, you know, the timing of case disclosures, how can they give a response that would take away that kind of, you know, uh, claim, if it is not true, um, that 
mortality data it's being managed what can they do for example should they be giving us the dates of the deaths uh dr Badi said the deaths have just not occurred don't just occur should they be giving us the dates of the occurrence of the deaths for example so that there'll be sufficient you know disclosure on these matters transparency I wouldn't say so. The point is that there are ethical issues when it comes mm. to managing what's called patient identifiable yes. data. So, for example, you wouldn't want to be putting out time of death because they are, they are people's loved ones and they are close to them. But what you want to know is if whatever you do with epidemiological data, there would be a lag time. We all know that. There would be a lag time between the time the incident, even like um, if a sample is collected, there's a t- lag time between the sample being collected and getting to the lab. And like Dr. Swatnika explained, there's, depending on the quality of the sample, there will be a lag time between sample preparation testing. There will also be a lag time between sample testing results and actually certification of the results because mm-hmm. these they are quality control and quality yeah. assurance measures that go on with these things. And then there would be a lag time between the certification of the results, communication of the results, and official release. From where I sit, all these lag times have to be lumped together, and we need to know why do I say so? Because with epidemiology, you plot epidemiological curves. It's from the curves that you can determine is the R number changing? Is it going up? Is it coming down? Is the curve flattening? Is the doubling time changing? Is it coming down? Those are the things that will determine the measures whether. We need to get harsher with our measures and all those things. So it is not about saying that specifically give us, because it's virtually impossible to give real-time data. But let us know that the data that's being reported is in 24-hour lag delay, 48-hour lag delay. So if someone like me picks the data from the Ghana Health Service, like Dr. Maji said in response to what I said earlier, that, oh, they went into enhanced testing, I get the data from Ghana Health Service and I'm using it to do projections and modeling. The data comes with a day and that's what I'm going to do. However, if I know that there's a week or seven days lag time, I would factor that in. And I'll give you a typical example. When we're doing the crude calculations for Ghana's RVU currently, we use a seven-day lag time and a five-day lag time simply because we had had on the grapevine and like even some of the calls said that it was taking up to seven days some people say up to 12 days to get all this and we came up with two different numbers and so that is instructive because if you are then going to advise anyone or inform anyone or have conversations with the media like i'm having with you now i am disadvantaged because i cannot actually critique or praise the government's position and their trajectory properly and these are the reasons why. So when I hear people ask, why do you want the data quickly? What do you want to use it for? I really see a lack of understanding of the different roles that different people play. The government has a role. The likes of um, Dr. Baji have a role in managing it. Civil society has a role in understanding what's going on. Because we live in a world where, even in the UK, I'll give you an example when it came to the deaths. Initially, all the reports that were coming up were the deaths that were happening in hospitals. 
And then the press and civil society organizations started kicking a fuss because that didn't show the true picture. There were deaths happening in nursing homes and at home and in other areas. So now the data that comes is the composite data. Why did that happen? It happened because people went onto the OMS website and started scrutinizing the official government data, knowing the lag times and all that. So if we don't have these things and we just accept them, and accept the government position or the Ghana Health Service position mm. as the absolute gospel. It makes our fight also difficult because right. the government and the Ghana Health Service need the input of all stakeholders to be able to realize if what they are doing is robust enough. And like I said when I started, yeah. mm. I don't mm. criticize or no one criticizes because government or um, Dr. Bajenko are not doing their best. It is can they do better? What can we do to stretch the yardstick so that ultimately the Ghanaian and the general public and our economy benefits? What one aspect do you think they can do better in? Well, the first thing is what they've said about um, clearing the backlog. Because if they clear the backlog and the, the results are coming in real time, which still would be delayed because of the sampling and all that, and it gets to them. Update the website, say, every six hours, every 24 hours. If okay. you look at Waldometer and all that, that is what's happening. Update it so that people, so that then even information that people like I put out is more informed. Because yeah, you then know that I'm getting this data every six hours. I'm getting it every 24 hours. And I think if the government and the Ghana Health Service did that, I know it's difficult, but if they did that, it would enhance the debate and it would even enhance the education of the Ghanaian so that they comply with some of these social distancing measures. Mm. Okay. Now, uh, Dr. Silverkin, when you listen to or you having become aware of the disproportionate distribution of the cases, are you in any way contemplating like some of our viewers and listeners are that the universal lifting of the lockdown um, is not the best and that there's a possibility of some sort of lockdown to help you do your work better. Um, indeed. Uh, just, just before I go to the substantive issue, um, we, we also need to recognize that even when we receive the samples, we prioritize them. So if um, these are suspected cases, so people are in the hospital, then definitely we stop everything we are doing and the, because we know the clinicians or the attending physicians would need um, the results to enable them um, carry on with any sort of management. Okay. And then I think you also made a point about um, getting clearance, ethical review to enable us do the polling. We, right. we, don't, we don't need um, okay. ethical clearance to enable us to do polling because polling is an established protocol. It was established um, by one um, Dan, Dan, Danford sometime in 1943. And then for our work on coronaviruses, we have been doing polling all the time. Okay. But the point I also want to make is that you don't just get up and start polling. The first thing you do as, a, as an expert virologist is um, to um, establish something known as the limit of detection of, of your assay. So once you do that, then you would know that my assay is such that it is able to detect one copy 
of my virus. So if I have just a copy of the virus in one microliter in a tube, my assay is so sensitive that it is able to detect it. So you can also do sensitivity and specificity. But then the critical thing you do is uh, to do the, the limit of detection of your. So it, there's, there's really no qualms about assay doing pooling. But of course, like um, Dr. Baji said, a, a point will come when pooling may not be very useful. Okay. Because if you realize that your positive rates are going up, then it means that for every sample you pull, and again, I also need to say that you don't just get up and say, I'm doing pools of five or pools of ten. You need to do your own um, background checks and decide on that. But like I was saying, if um, you get high positivity rates, then it will mean that almost every sample you pull or samples you pull, chances are that every single one of them may turn out to be positive. Then you have to go back and we, in, in the field of virology, we call it resolving the pool or dissolving the pool. Okay. So there's a time you do pooling and there's a time and you, you do not do pooling. But the critical thing is about, about the fact that you have to determine the limit of detection. Mm. And so this you can do serial dilution, downstream dilutions to enable you determine the, the limit of, of detection. But it, it has actually generated a lot of interest now people know about pooling <laughs> and all and all and all that okay so, and that's that small bit of the question i asked you depending on the distribution of the cases in the various areas are you are you contemplating is this something you think about that there's a possibility that there will be some you know lockdown in some places in a way also to assist you to be effective? I, 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 I think so, because I, there, there should always be a story behind every single one of these positive or confirmed cases we are seeing displayed on the website. So, for example, Central Region, I, I don't know whether these are um, contact tracing, I don't know whether these are suspected cases, I don't know whether these are imported cases. So obviously we need some disaggregation of the data on the website. And I think the, the president actually um, said it, that, look, there may be a point in time where we may be doing some targeted lockdowns. And he even um, used the word curfews. Yes. So that if we realize that people in some communities are becoming stubborn, they are becoming stubborn, then they will, they will impose curfews on them. Mm. And, and I think we may, we may already be looking into, into that bit. Because if I look at, um, I mean, I look at Upper East region, we remember this young boy, I think somewhere in Walewale, who died, he passed on, and even the family members were contemplating. They actually insisted that he had asthma, so he had an asthmatic attack. But then a week after his death, one of the family members also tested positive. We also remember the pregnant woman uh, who claimed that um, she did not travel. I think she said she went to Takwa, yes. and then she was tested and she became positive. If you go to other countries, such as Germany, look, they, they have history behind every single sample. I know that at least for the 13th case recorded in, in, in Germany, the Munich cluster, it was just because somebody passed on salts. 
from a table in a restaurant. So if we get to know some histories, this is not about disclosing the identities mm. of our patients. Right. But if we get to have a bit of histories, Western region, I don't know where these numbers are coming from. I mean, Ashanti, I also don't know where these numbers... So we may also want to look at some disaggregation and actually focus on specific hotspots. Okay. And, and I love the 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 the, the hot the, the the sports map being displayed on the on the website. Now we can actually see where the numbers are brewing. Mm. Now can we go in there and do some targeted, very very targeted? If we've got to suppress them, so declare a total lockdown in such communities, and especially if they are also not adhering to laid down mitigation strategies, mm. do we even want to impose? some curfews on them. I think we may want to start restructuring ourselves. We may want to start revising our notes. So, Because, look, we need to be ahead of this virus. You do not want this virus to be ahead of you. Especially, for me, I call it a smart virus. Because, look, you may appear healthy, you may be hale and hearty, but you may actually be incubating, and you may also be shedding the virus. So, I think that if we are able to see some disaggregation and of course, it will also help um, those who are into modeling. I am not a mod; I don't model. But I'm sure that once we disaggregate these numbers, we will be able to calculate the reproduction number. We may be able to say that, look, in Ghana, I mean, we had to collect um, data from other sources because we wanted to also look at uh, the reproduction number. And we had to pick information from mm. other sources. Mm. But if we have it displayed on our website or we haven't made available, I'm positive that we'll be able to uh, get along and get around with all the things we are all yearning to find. I know that already Mm. the the Ghana Academy of Arts and Sciences, look, they have put together excellent experts. And I'm I'm looking forward to them coming up with some of the exciting things, the modelings, the predictions we are all interested in. In, in seeing. We know that once we see these uh, predictions, these numbers displayed, look, it will allay some level over of um, over optimism because initially some people even thought that, look, as for Africa because of sunlight um, yeah. and all those things, right. the virus will even not be able to, to survive in <laughs> our environment. So if, for those who are super optimistic, it may bring them down and of course, so for people who are also very anxious, maybe that level or the level of anxiety will be will be re- re- reduced. So I, I yeah. am always talking about mm-hmm. as disaggregating the data, and I'm positive the Ghana Health Service is already uh, working towards mm-hmm. or in that um, direction. Okay, um, um, as, as I hear from Dr. Boaji, they've done that already. I'll let him confirm that quickly. But um, uh, Dr. Yangsen. Should people have an expectation that sometime soon the Ghana Medical Association will issue another, you know, uh, statement asking for targeted lockdown in any place? And which are some of these places that you may be looking at? Well, well the, the, the association, as it stands now, keeps looking at the bigger picture to see what the next step should look like. So for us, we haven't taken anything off the table, generally speaking. And like Sarah Ken said, this bit about targeted communities is one of the fights we can do. 
Korea did something of that nature, other countries have done it, and it's yielded results. Especially when you look at the situation we find ourselves in, where some people seem to have forgotten about all the preventive bits following the lifting of the lockdown. So we think that it is fair that all these measures will not be taken off the table. We should look at it, and holistically, wherever we think that it has to be done, it has to be done, and done well. And it, sh it shouldn't be lip service. And people should understand that. As and when, God forbid, we should get into those scenarios where whole communities will be locked up for testing, screening, or whatever that has to be done, and isolating people and treating them properly to ensure that at least we limit spread. People should begin to understand and cooperate. But if they don't want things of that nature, then obviously we need to ensure that all the preventive measures that we are preaching about, they, they, they obey them. Because that, that is the only way out for all of us. People are just not responding to some of the calls we are making. And that makes the situation such that it forms the basis for the very things that people are not happy about mm. to come back into the system. Okay. Of course, we are happy that the president has made it clear that he's not averse to going back to some of these measures. Mm. And we think that it's about time that we strengthen some of the measures. The enforcement... enforcement in in his last measures. speech, though, he gave an indication that the expectation when he speaks to us the next time would be to begin to lay down or out measures towards easing, yep. you know, the measures. Of course, that may be right. But if the reverse is happening, mm. and I don't think that the president will also be justified in just lifting the measures okay. when clearly the reverse... Like he has always said, yes. he will speak to the science. Okay, so Dr. Baji, before we take a uh, final uh, a break and then come to end, uh, uh, finish up, you you were confirming that you have already done the disaggregation because what is being said is that that is what we need to survive the disease. Yeah, uh, thank you very much. I think um, there's so much you can put out there. Mm. This is uh, dealing with uh, human beings. I mean, we even put a map there and somebody's able to zoom to see which house the case is coming from. Okay. It becomes a stigma issue. Okay. So you also have to know how to measure. I'm sure that Sassibakan is talking about Borda. He knows about this. Excuse me, mm. that she has seen it somewhere. Mm. These reports are there. Regions give situation reports every day. But that is not for the general public. Giving her details about who is affected and where the person came from came from Tapa or Boise. I mean, one of the issues... Is that, came, is that the mapping the University of Ghana did? Yes. I mean, they take the data from us. And okay. we are the ones working with Ghana Association of Arts and Science. We, are, we had a, a um, webinar with uh, Thursday to give them all the information they need. Age, aggregation, all these things are there. But I don't see any country putting all that information on their website. If you are a research institution and you want the information, you know how to get information but we also need to there are, these are ethical issues about people it's very easy to identify that put a case in upper west on the field on the on the report and very easy for everyone to know it has to be this man yeah. so there are ways that we manage the information mm. but all this information is there if you are show you what i have here in terms of the differences that came last week you know from every district what was the race of change and all this information is available for, for, for those who need it. But there are ways of some of this message information has to be 
appropriately managed. And if uh, any research, reputable research information wants information, you know how to request for information so that we don't just uh, spread too much uh, on the this thing. When the previous op- website, there was a lot of information. Nobody was reading. Everybody was interested in the the first screen, mm-hmm. you know. And so they ask you questions that's already. Uh, in the in the side. So so those are some of the, the challenges. No, but, but, um, but, but you see, I, I agree with you by and large, but I think that we should also try and meet the expectations of some segments of the society yeah. that are interested in some of these things. But, and like no, that, you know, like Silvakin said, we were all looking at least, at least for those of us in terms of caregivers yeah. or the health professionals. We were very excited when we all saw the hotspots and what have you. Yes, yes. Because in even interacting with patients, it also informs you, the practitioner, to look out for certain things. Yes, yes. That is why we take a lot of social, you know, history and what have you. So I think that we should try as much as possible to blend the two. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we cannot put everything out there. That I agree. But where we think we can do that is aggregation, the mapping, the hotspots, all those bits. Clearly, we should be able to do that at least to ensure that the others out there who are also professionals but are into research and out of their, you know, projections and what have you, they can draw some safe conclusions that will mm. help all of us. Mm. We think we need to do out there. But for me, the biggest challenge I think we should be confronted now, we should be confronted now as a country, is the behavior of our people. Yeah. Okay. We need a behavioral change. Mm. People think that where we are, probably we are safe. We are not. Yeah, Let's no, be no, honest. No, no, no. We're not. And okay. it's up to government and the ministry <laughs> and all related mm. agencies mm. to ensure that we do that. Right. And one but, of the but, best... But yes, to let you know that mm. we share this information a lot with um, associations. No, no, okay. I, I get yeah. uh, what I want to say that. So we should still listen to those. As we take the break, break some of the as we take the break, this concern I think you should address before we do so about um, patients at the Pentecost Center mm-hmm. complaining of poor feeding, uh, shortage of water, among other things. Yes, th- thank you very much. That was the, the day before. Mm. When, in fact, the whole of yesterday, I was there from our lunch time to about 6 p.m. just to see what was going on. And those things have been resolved. Initially, there was some delay in the. I think they had an issue with the water supply mm. and that they have quickly had to cause uh, the same place supplying Kolebu and the place. And there was some diversion. And so all those things have been resolved. We've talked to them. We've had this thing. Their meals have improved. You see what happens that we move people from a four-star hotel into that place. Definitely, there's going to be a big difference in, in their expectations. Mm. But we are working on it. And even today, the, the, I went there, the environment is so now that they're doing some more like a parade for somebody who has tested negative will be exiting the, the business. So the, the, the mood is quite high, and I think we need to resolve, we resolve a lot of the Among their complaints, they were saying that they were being served with... Um, is it uh, Eba Gary Fufu uh, <laughs> late in the night? Yeah, there was a day they were, they were there's a delay. They ate their supper was about mm. 7 p.m. yesterday by 6 p.m. Supper was ready. It was not just one, it was jollof rice with mm. yam and some fried rice. So they were, they are giving them variety with fruits, 
and um, vegetables, etc. Okay. Uh, that is being. And we're also saying they don't have doctors who routine, routinely will check on them, <laughs> you know, um, among other things. And I, that was I, I, if, if it's allowed, I would have showed you pictures of. Mm. We have 40 health workers sleeping there with a tent where they see them, those who have issues are seen, and they are there 24 7. Taking care of them, I'm sure GMA. Yes, it's good you brought that some of these yes, things. The yeah. good thing is that that center has become a very integral and important part of our case management yes. now. And for us, the key thing is that government, as the lead person in all this, by way of provision of resources, should ensure that whatever the problems are, within the shortest possible oh, yes, time, they are all resolved. And then moving forward, we put in proper structures. And whatever we replicate there, we do it such that as and when we need to move elsewhere, we have. But, but if they have, if they have to complain, it shouldn't be about uh, toilet rolls. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, that we need to uh, ensure that we have clear-cut SOPs. That, that center is holding about how many people? Currently, as I said, they have about 400, but I'm sure by the time I left them today, more... And it has a capacity of about 1,000. 700, okay. actually. Okay. okay. We so, have about 110 people who are staff, security, okay, health... So they take a bit of that. Yeah, okay. that takes a nice. bit of it. But um, um, now, I think there was a little delay. Some, okay. all this, and now we're going to give everybody a package. Okay. See, right. you, you get to know some yeah. of these things that people who come there and not have... Sponge and all those things. So you learn. Okay. And then we quickly have responded to. to all right. Thank you very much. Learn. We take a break and we resume for the very final installment to ask questions about the GMA, for example. We have heard them suggest that um, we don't have personnel for the 94 hospitals that the president is promising for this year. Um, have hospital facilities that were <coughs> built by the Mahama administration being abandoned, as has been suggested. Um, however, the testimony clearly is that, but for some of those infrastructure developments that were embarked upon, we would have been in very difficult times trying to uh, get isolation centers and treatment centers managing uh, the disease. We'll be right back. Life can't be easy. Bank of Africa makes my life comfortable. With easy access to salary advance and e-banking products, I can make transfers, buy airtime, pay bills, etc. All at my own time. Thus, making my life very easy. Kobe, I told you, banking advisory services, dear, it is Bank of Africa. <laughs> and see, the speed and reliability of that transfer services is next to none. Just do as I do. Thanks to Bank of Africa's presence in 17 different countries, I'm able to do business across the continent without hassle. You can also do as I do and enjoy comfort like no other. With presence in Ghana and across the continent, Bank of Africa is changing lives of individuals and businesses. We are a strong group of professionals and a partner you can rely on. Bank with us now and feel the difference. Bank of Africa, as strong as a group, as close as a partner. In real life, there's no buffering. So why accept it from your internet connection? 
get connected and experience ultra-fast internet to the home from MTN. MTN Home, powered by MTN Fiber Broadband, from the Internet Masters. We day for you, everywhere you go. Are you tired of the hassles and stress of owning a property in Accra? Do you crave for quality, beauty, elegance, and security in a serene environment? Then look no further than elegant homes and general construction. With an impressive track record, a lot of experience, and being one of the leading real estate companies in the country, Elegant Homes gated community fits all your needs. Our homes are architecturally unique with detailed finishes, 24-hour security, tarred roads, solar street lights, covered drains, and constructed within shed. At Elegant Homes, you have a truly serene environment with social amenities. And oh, payment terms are just so flexible. Elegant Homes also fabricates and sells high-quality UPVC windows, door profiles, plaster boards, gypsum adhesives, and other building materials. Visit our office at East Legon near American House. Contact us via the following telephone numbers. Visit our website at www.eleganthomesgh.com. Waste no time. Your dream of acquiring a property is here. Choose Elegant Homes. Elegant Homes, where you live your dream. Get DJ with it. Get DJ with it. On your mark, ready, set, let's go. CB, GMO, Bayou, SSD, Young Co. Star 924 hash. Punk of the go. Smartphone no. Young phone no. Ever fat. Fire money transfer. But we are water bill. But we are light bill. Factor credit. Star 924 hash. You deserve it. Let's go. Get DJ with it. Get DJ with it. CBG is empowering you to get DJ with CBG Mobile. Simply dial star 924 hash and get DJ with it. CBG, we stand with you. This not be proper ten thousand. Uh, look, bring the bowls, bring the saucepans, bring the gallons and everything, and let's collect all the water. This tank, when it says three thousand, it's three thousand, and you can see the water level indicator. You wouldn't need this thing again. Beautiful, durable, with water level indicator and accurate volume of water available in several sizes. What a tank! What a tank! By Duraplast. Communities looking for people who may be sick and in need of help. Akwe? The staff of Noguchi, KCCR, Kolibu, and all the other testing centers, where would we have been without you? I am particularly grateful to the cleaners at the various hospitals and isolation centers. Today, your job is more dangerous than ever. You may have a few PPEs, but your spirits remain unbroken. 
your big hearts are full of love. And that's why you keep working and we say thank you. To all our fearless frontline workers risking their lives for us, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Forty years and above, do you know that men above 40 years are likely to have prostate disorders? Do you have a healthy prostate? Do you know that a healthy prostate is a healthy life? Prostate Siste, a prostate health management herbal drug, is your solution. Prostate Siste is a 100% herbal drug uniquely formulated and produced from herbal extracts. With Prostate Siste, you can now enjoy peaceful sleep and improve quality life. Prostate Siste is available in most pharmacies, over-the-counter medicines, and herbal shops throughout the country. This product is not suitable for pregnant women, lactating mothers, and children below 12 years of age. For bulk purchase, contact Phytotech Limited on 0246-49016 or 0209-977733. This advertisement has been vetted and approved by the FDA. Prostate state, a healthy prostate, a healthy life. 79,000 US dollars only to buy you a studio apartment in Accra. Why not come to Wedi for a spacious two-bedroom apartment at Alphabet City, our brand new gated community, situated right on top of the serene Sakomano Lagoon, feeling like splashing a little. Check out our exclusive all-detached house gated community, the Jaden Symphonic next door. Sizes range from cozy three bedrooms to luxurious five bedrooms. We at Wedi are committed to provide you with the best building quality and value for money. In fact, we are the proud recipient of 2019's Quality Property Firm Award. Just like our homes, our payment terms focus on your need. Choose from installment up to 24 months or take advantage of mortgage up to 20 years. At Waylead, we build home for you. Call us now at 0240-111119 or 0504-499999 to secure your dream home now. So we came to check up on you and also give you this gift. <laughs> so you people still they call this name. Do you even remember how it all came about? Some years back, some paddy things say big truck go fit crash Duraplast PVC pipe. But like I always do talk, if you want crash arm, then unless <laughs> since 1969, Duraplast they produce high quality standard PVC pipes plus fittings where they carry water go every hole. And since that time till now, Duraplast has introduced other amazing products such as the PVC and HDPE pipes, motorbox, dura block, alerts, water tank, and many more. So, young man, remember where Dura Plus goes, water flows from the past 50 to the next 50 years and beyond. There are many ways to get around, but there's only one way to pay. Momo? Sure. So many styles to choose, but there's only one sure way to pay. Momo? Yes. There's so many you can buy, but there's only one sure way to pay. Momo? Yes. Ah, 
There's so much variety. But there's only one sure way to pay. There's so many ways to get together. But there's only one sure way to pay. Got a payment to make? Use MTN Momo and enjoy real convenience in USA. You said life can't be easy. Bank of Africa makes my life comfortable. With easy access to salary advance and e-banking products, I can make transfers, buy airtime, pay bills, etc. all at my own time. Thus, making my life very easy. Kobe, I told you, banking advisory services, dear, it is Bank of Africa. And see, the speed and reliability of that transfer services is next to none. Just do as I do. Thanks to Bank of Africa's presence in 17 different countries, I'm able to do business across the continent without hassle. You can also do as I do and enjoy comfort like no other. With presence in Ghana and across the continent, Bank of Africa is changing lives of individuals and businesses. We are a strong group of professionals and a partner you can rely on. Bank with us now and feel the difference. Bank of Africa, as strong as a group, as close as a partner. Faster Limited is your perfect choice for quality concrete product and affordable roofing systems. We are specialized in pre-stressed beams and ceiling blocks for your modern story buildings. We also have standard covered pipes, curbs, pavement blocks, walkway slabs and U-drains. We also produce long-span roofing sheets of different shapes and designs for your building. All fast-style products are made right here in Ghana and of good quality. Locate us at Mao 8, Kaneshi Winba Road, near Old Wager Police Barrier. OEB opposite Gotri Farms, near Supreme Genesis. Adrian opposite NTHC Properties, Sprinters, Adjacent Zenit Bank, Takarade, Casarodo, and Cape Coast Econ. Or call us on 0208-115-070 or 0577-684-142 or 43. Faster, your words are here. 79,000 US dollars only to buy you a studio apartment in Accra. Why not come to Wedi for a spacious two-bedroom apartment at Alphabet City, our brand new gated community, situated right on top of the serene Sakumano Lagoon, feeling like splashing a little. Check out our exclusive all-detached house gated community, the Jaden Symphonic next door. Sizes range from cozy three bedrooms to luxurious five bedrooms. We at Wedi are committed to provide you with the best building quality and value for money. In fact, we are the proud recipient of 2019's Quality Property Firm Award. Just like our homes, our payment terms focus on your need. Choose from installment up to 24 months or take advantage of mortgage up to 20 years. At Waylead, we build home for you. Call us now at 0240-111119 or 0504-499999 to secure your dream home now. To all the contact tracers going around communities looking for people who may be sick and in need of help, Akbar. The staff of Nuguchi, KCCR, Kolebu, and all the other testing centers, where would you have been without you? I am particularly grateful to the cleaners at the various hospitals and isolation centers. Today, your job is more dangerous than ever. You may have a few PPEs, but your spirits remain unbroken. Your big hearts are full of love, and that's why you keep working, and we say 
Thank you. To all our fearless frontline workers risking their lives for us, we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. of the Ashanti region by President Akufuado last year, Health Minister Kwekwajman Menu assured contractors would move to site few weeks from the day of the visit. This was in October 2019. Government says it found only $38.3 million of $175 million allocated for six district hospitals and a residential facility in various parts of the country. Kumeu and Fomina are part of the facilities financed by the United Kingdom Export Financing and work was expected to be completed in five years. Dodoa District Hospital is the only one of the seven to have been completed while work on Sekendi, Abitifi and Garu projects like Formina and Kumeu stored. A housing project for health personnel in Takrade also suffered similar fate as change of government saw investigations into the projects. In July last year, ahead of the president's visit, the health minister gave the first assurance of resumption of work. I've got to go ahead from government. That the contractor should continue with three that we're getting close to completion. The Formula One is about 80% complete. The Kumau one is about 60% complete. And therefore, in the Ashanti region, these two could start or they could recommence work whilst we talk about what we will do. And I've told the chiefs and people of the areas where these facilities are located. That within the next three, two to three weeks, um, latest one month's time, we might see some work um, um, recommencing. The contractor will mobilize to site. Nothing has happened since then at the 120 bed facility site at Kumeu. Weeds continue to swallow the structures whose stage of work is put at 60%. On two occasions, dry weeds caused by Hamatan winds caught fire and exposed the buildings to risk. Few years ago, this place used to be a storeroom for the contractors. Here, they kept pipes, polytanks, and other equipment they were using to construct the hospital. Not long ago, an inferno swept through the place raising everything to the ground some of the equipment have been carried away from the area but still there are few ashes of the polytank and pipes here 
but for the timely intervention of the security men here, the buildings would have been razed to the ground. Structures meant for staff residential accommodation attached to the hospital are almost done. Some of them have already been moved and one of them is defected due to neglect. Here is Omahene of Kumewu, Berima Trinibuakudia, who sums up sentiments of his people over unfulfilled promises of fixing the hospital. I'm a medical doctor, so when it comes to areas like this, I have some knowledge. When the health minister visited me, he promised the contractors to be on site in two weeks, but to no avail. The president also visited, and we haven't heard anything since. This year, begin constructing 88 hospitals in the districts without hospitals. It will mean 10 in Ashanti, 9 in Volta, 9 in Central, 8 in Eastern, 7 in Greater Accra, 7 in Upper East, 5 in Northern, 5 in Oti, 5 in Upper West, 5 in Bono, 4 in Western North, 4 in Western, 3 in Ahafo, 3 in Savannah, 2 in Bono East, and 2 in Northeast regions. Each of them will be a quality, standard design, 100-bed hospital with accommodation for doctors, nurses, and other health workers. And the intention is to complete them within a year. We've also put in place plans for the construction of six new regional hospitals in the six new regions. And the rehabilitation of a Fianquanta hospital in 2nd which is a regional hospital of the western region. We're going to beef up our existing laboratories and establish new ones across every region for testing. We will establish three infectious disease control centers for each of the zones of our country, that is the coastal, middle belt, and northern, with the overall objective of setting up a Ghana center for disease control. The recent tragic CSM outbreak with over 40 deaths has reaffirmed the need for ready access to such infectious disease control centers. Right. So, um, start with you, Dr. Yangsen. We, we had the Deputy General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association speak to Star FM and say that while this may be a laudable, you know, thing, there should also be focus on producing the personnel that will man these hospitals. But start with... What do you make of suggestions that the focus should rather be on finishing those uh, structures, facilities that were commenced and have not been finished, that have been abandoned? The minister says they have not been abandoned. And, of course, a couple of them we know about rage that was finished, has become very useful, University of Ghana, has become very useful. Um, so what do you say about that? Should we be thinking about building new ones or finishing the existing ones? Okay. Samson, thank you. I, I think that we need to understand certain things. 
we need to first draw a line, separate the two issues. As far as we are concerned, the two issues are two separate uh, agendas altogether. The first is that you have a set of facilities that have been started. Some resources may be available because we contract loans and what have you for some of these projects. Others, there may be some technical, logistical, financial difficulties in there that we need to resolve. As the DMA has always said, these are facilities, whatever it takes for authority to ensure that they are completed. For the common good of the Ghanaian, it should be done. So that bit, we don't think we should haggle over it. Secondly, from the records, as you also mentioned, it is clear that most of these hospitals are being attended to. Ga East, which is now one of the major treatment centers for COVID-19, right. was a project that had not been completed at the time the previous government exited. But now it's been completed and it's in use. So clearly some activity is happening. Maybe the question is the speed. And at this point, we want governments to ensure that these things are sorted out. And this was a call we made, you know, some time back, probably a year ago, when UGMC was in the news. We made that call that for us, we should ensure that whatever we the, set out The to question do, is, if the, the purpose, as the president said, is to ensure ready facilities to help in the uh, pandemic's fight. Is it not reasonable to expect that those that are almost completed, some of them just a few fittings that is required, should be the focus, rather than looking for money that is not there to begin you know, it's, uh, 40, if, uh, 94 new ones. See, Samson, I think that if we mix up the issues that way, mm. then we are being, in quotes, a group of people who want to disadvantage our own. 88 districts without district hospitals. You cannot say that that is something that we should not be worried about. Mm. So whilst we try to fix the ongoing ones, we should also begin to think about them. I mean, with this same analogy you made, imagine these 88 districts. There are outbreaks of any kind of infectious disease, including COVID, there at the moment, God forbid. And they don't have places to manage them. How are we going to move on? 88 is a huge number compared to even the number of facilities that are yet to be completed. So we cannot neglect that whole bit, especially where, as a country, we've always had a policy that at least every district should have a district hospital. So let's go to the second block, the 88 plus uh, the 3 and everything, 7 up to about 94. Look, the issue of infectious disease centers is one that, as a country, we've played less service with for so long a time. Mm. And if at this point... COVID has exposed a lot of inefficiencies and inadequacies in our system. And the states, through the president, has taken a decision that we want to construct these infectious disease centers. For us, as the Ghana Medical Association, we endorse it mm. because we've always called for it. During the Ebola pandemic, we called for it. And even this year, within the current COVID bit. As far back as 2004, 2005, 
I, I, I did a research by way of a documentary for the BBC when I was reporting for the BBC and discovered that the number of Ghanaian doctors in New York were more than all the doctors in Ghana put together. Yes, at some The situation has not changed. The situation has not changed. No, the situation has changed now. We, now, the situation has changed at mm. some points. The, the, the question New York really, alone uh, had, when I was in school, for example, mm. New York alone had about 700 Ghanaian doctors. Mm. And we couldn't boast of that as a country. So that bit is clear. But now, our numbers have gone up. But okay. that is not to say that the brain drain hasn't affected that. Mm. But all we are saying is that important institutions like infectious disease centers, we need to ensure that we have them as part of our healthcare delivery system. Yeah. So we will always vote for it. Okay. Now, the district hospitals, or let's say the regional, the policy is that every region should have a regional hospital. It serves as secondary to tertiary level kind of care for that particular region. We have created new regions, and clearly we need to ensure that they also get health facilities. Then comes the districts. As for the 88, like I said earlier, it, it, it will be out of place to say that we shouldn't construct hospitals. Maybe the timing is what people are talking about. Mm. But if we also look at it properly, this timing could also be the best for us because I know that out there, I don't know how we are going to finance this 88. I must be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm not part of the state. But I also know that out there, this is one of the best times to get cheap sources of grants, loans, or whatever it is for health infrastructure and that five what, generally what, do by, what do you mean by that? No, no. You see, we have a system where around this time, the whole world is focusing on health. Mm. So if as a country, for example, we need to go out there and get some facility to support our fight against COVID, it will be easier to get that facility than in times that you don't have these things. The okay. cost of getting that facility might be cheaper than at the point where you don't need these things. Mm. Of course, when you get your funds, as a country, you will decide how you are going to apportion the distribution of those funds. But like I said, I'm not part of uh, privy to the details, but all I'm saying is that this might even be the best time for us because we could get easy sources of money which are relatively less cheaper for us as a people. Okay. And then we take the bold decision and build. Mm. But once government has made that call, I think that the onus lies on all of us. The media the health service, and every well-meaning Ghanaian to ensure that government fulfills that promise for us. Right. It should not be a lip service. All right. Um, as someone who superintends over this uh, sector in a more direct way, um, what should be the focus? Building, you know, 94 new ones or finishing what is there? <clears throat> and there's quite a number of the of the facilities that were done by the Mahama administration. Uh, I'm trying to get the exact figure because I have worked with those numbers before. So what should, what should we be looking at? Well, thank you very much. I think we are creating the impression that the, the new ones are going to be replacing those old ones. Um, you can see there's a lot of effort making sure those ones are completed. Mm -hmm. um, Move, move to sites, some contractors have been changed, etc., to be ensured that these things are completed. But as part of our policy and our part of even our COVID response, is to ensure that we have to strengthen the health system. And the strengthening health system also means that access to care must be good for all. I mean, in, even in the interior of equity, 
and all uh, all the treatments have their own first level referral facility where they get. I'll give you an example. If you go to say in someone, there are about four districts around there who do not have hospitals. And so anytime you go to the hospital, it's fully congested. It affects quality of care, etc. And so it is important that these things are done and so that our referral levels are properly uh, done with and the proper care is given instead of having uh, regional hospitals choked because there are so many people without a first referral level. And those that's what comes to the, the, the 88. And that is uh, an extremely important, especially now we are not talking about... And these are the same hospitals you talk about where you have one medical officer who is inundated with so much. Some of them practically can't really do anything. I mean, apart from just living literally at the hospital. I think that's another level that we need to look at. And GMA also knows that probably there are more doctors we are not even employing who are now we have a net uh, receiver of doctors every every year apart from those trained here we have those trained in china russia and other places coming in and so i don't think that we will have such a big challenge uh talking them we need to ensure and i always said that regions also have the responsibility to make their facility more attractive for people to work there and feel comfortable working there so those are all things that we need to look at and ensure that not just they build them, but they are also staffed. And that's mm-hmm. why these are coming with decent accommodation. That's also an incentive for people to move there. We know what happens in this country. These projects normally will start, and they take forever to do. And the prices will continue to go up. Um, somebody, if there's change of power, somebody may abandon or delay in taking care of the project. They will start a new one leave the one that's already there as we have yeah. seen with affordable housing projects um affordable housing projects that were started by president Kufo are still being you know uh, worked on some that uh, president mahama also started almost done are still sitting there and we have heard of new plans to start new ones too yeah but sometimes i think these are the areas that we also must take cognizance of the father what are the factors that lead to that delay are there contractual challenges that creates these challenges? What are the same? How do we ensure that those things are done? Because my info, my, what I know is that mm. even in districts where the construction is ongoing, it's not part of the number that has been listed. Okay. Which means that there are plans to also complete them. So it's not a question of a, a replacement. I think what we need to look at how do we ensure that when a facility is supposed to be built in 30 months, that we all work towards that. I think those are the challenges that we need to address. What are the bottlenecks and how do we address them as we run contracts, as we start to so Those are the things for me we need to look at. But it is extremely important that we build our system so that people don't have to travel too far for care. People get the best of care. And infectious disease, this is not going to be the last outbreak we are going to get. And so as part of our response, was also building our system to be better placed when the next pandemic uh, comes up. And so bringing infectious disease centers that may have research facilities around it is extremely important that as a country, as we move forward, 
uh, we we are better prepared for the next one so that we don't have some of the okay uh, let, let, yes, let me, some of these things mm. are even long overdue okay. and we need to be honest about it mm. look in nigeria when they had their first case they quickly moved the patient to the infectious disease center mm. we are here and we are now struggling to even look for places to keep some of these you know patients we've had meningitis happening in the northern parts of the country now mm. if we had an infectious disease center there we can quickly mop up the, within the system and get all patients properly treated in a facility that is built and designed purpose. for that purpose that we want to get to that way it also improves our health systems it improves the quality of care the health professionals who also work in there are also motivated to work and work properly sometimes the improvisation and the difficulties around what we do end up even demoralizing some of the the, the health professionals so we, we need to take the politics out of this and ensure that look governments whether green pink whatever color <laughs> as and when they come in they do the right and that will benefit the people at large and there's nothing better beyond health and education mm. okay so uh, Kwame Sapone Sedu what what will be your approach? Um, clearly, some say this is the political season. The president is using the COVID period to taking advantage of the COVID period to do politics. Um, but what 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 is wrong with you know doing new hospitals when there are some others that need to be finished? Yeah. Samson, thank you. Um, there's something that um, we should all learn from COVID. If there's anything that this infection has taught us, it's taught us that worldwide, we haven't invested in our human security appropriately. We haven't invested in healthcare. And Ghana is no exception. I mean, if you look at the global health security report that came out in October last year, it stated clearly that the world wasn't prepared for infectious diseases. I remember writing a lot about it. And at that time, it quoted Ghana's Global Health Security Index as less than 40%. It's about 32%. So what Dr. Yangson is saying and what Dr. Abwaji is saying are all correct. We need all these um, health facilities. And I am glad that everyone agrees that the ones that are historically um, they should be completed. And I also agree with um, Dr. Yangson that you cannot have districts without district hospitals. So if you've created those districts, we need to be prepared to resource them with the infrastructure. Okay. On that basis, I would say that um, I wouldn't have a lot wrong with what the president said and the fact that he wants to In fact, I've said it publicly on social media and other things that I don't see anything wrong with it. But what I would see wrong with it would be if it turns around that these are prioritized to the detriment of the others. And that is what, like Dr. Janssen said, and I agree, we need to keep our eyes on the ball and make sure that all of them are done. Yes, um, let's have uh, Dr. Silverkin. I suppose that the good news in what the president said while he spoke about the hospitals for you was the uh, infectious disease centers and to eventually think about a national, you know, sort of center. Um, uh, absolutely. I, I, I have been excited since um, I heard the president um, 
say that because I mean, for this current um, pandemic, if, even if you want to conduct some research, it becomes very, very, very difficult. For example, we don't have a biosafety level four, so we are already limited um, if we want to culture the virus. So we can just do with a biosafety level three, which we, can, we need to inactivate the, the virus. So for me, I think it is, it is a plus. And um, it is not just a matter of putting these buildings up, but then resourcing um, the, 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 these facilities. So mm. getting state-of-the-art equipment. Because for me, I keep on saying that Ghanaians are brilliant. We are very excellent. We are only short-changed or challenged when it comes to the needed resources, i.e. the technologies, um, the equipment, and the likes. But if we also get such 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 equipment and the resources, we'll be able to do a lot. I mean, we can be doing all the vaccine trials and uh, looking at not vaccine trials, but then coming up with some leads in terms of uh, vaccines, medications, and the like. So I, I side with, with uh, your panelists in the in the studio as well as uh, Kwame Asiedu that it is so very important that we use this particular pandemic. I mean, I haven't seen a pandemic before. Mm. So I think uh, we should we need to use this as a very good opportunity to at least um, build on our existing existing systems. And I, I expect the media, as usual, to be following on these things keenly mm-hmm. to, to ensure that um, they are actually brought um, into fruition. Mm. All right. Now, Kwame, you... Okay, I think we've lost Kwame yeah, there, but, but that, should, that, that should be okay. We've, we've act, we're actually running out of time. What yes, did you want to say? Yes. Uh, some of these is back, yeah. old hospitals that are mm-hmm. going on, some of them have secured grants or severe loans that is running. So they should really not be mixed up with these new ones that are going to happen. So that whatever, whether there are contractual challenges, whether there are contractors who are not doing what they're supposed to, those are the things we need to do and make sure. But I know that uh, I know that for my estate and the investment, uh, capital investment, these are projects that are currently ongoing and they are plans to make sure they are all completed, separate from this 88, which is also very critical that all the streets must have hospitals so that we can really be able to be uh, up and doing and be able to better prepared for whatever, not just the next update, but also ensure that the people become healthier and access to health becomes uh, uh, easy for all. Okay. But Kwame, as you listen to the president, did you get the impression that these are first and foremost for the fight against uh, COVID-19? Um, and what does that suggest? That what, how long are we looking uh, at for the disease to sort of... Um, uh, get out of the system. Well, Samson, I mean, the disease is not going. The, this bag is going to stick around for a while, and we all know that. I mean, um, if you look at all the projections that are being made internationally, the best option would be for a vaccine to be developed. Even with the vaccine, there are issues around. Um, how long it will give um, confer immunity for and how long the immunity is going to last, whether it's going to be once in a lifetime vaccine like some vaccines are, it's going to be like the flu jab. So to answer that question as to did I think that it was for um, 
this COVID fight? Probably yes. But do I believe, I mean, I've made, just to be quick, I've made a number of observations that um, eight, to build 88 hospitals in a year is a huge challenge. Mm. And the other thing we have to look at is that that year actually has an election in the middle. So suffice to say, if we are a country that lends, we would realize that there's a possibility that the election could go either way. Nobody knows until about the morning of December 9th where this election is going to go. Hmm. Let's see if the elections do come on at all. Yes, but Hmm. if it goes any other way apart from the president getting a second term, then we are in uncharted territory as to this issue of legacy health projects and how they get abandoned. You talked about the, um, what do you call it, um, affordable housing schemes of um, former President Kufo and now from the Mahama era. So we need to get to a place where we are learning and realizing that health must not be politicized. So if a president makes this commitment, we should see it as the president of Ghana making the commitment on behalf of the country and not Manado making the commitment. Because if we don't devolve the presidential commitment from the individual who occupies that mm. seat at right. any particular time, mm. we would always have these problems because okay. when someone else comes, they want to leave their legacy. All right. Um, thank you very much. Uh, gentlemen, and, uh, gentlemen and lady, I would like you uh, who are with us on Zoom to give us just some 30 seconds of your very final word by way of advice to everyone who is listening and how they should protect themselves. Yes, starting with uh, uh, Dr. Silverkin. Um, yes, so just just for all of us to realize that, look, the virus is here. And like Kwame said, it will be around with us for, for quite a, a while. Um, so it behoves on every single one of us to adhere to the various recommendations, i.e. wearing of nose mask. Let us learn how to wear the nose mask. Let us learn how to remove the nose mask. Obviously, not forgetting the social distancing. Mm. Let us learn what six feet is or two meters, uh, what two meters look like. And importantly, let us also not forget about um, that hand washing bit. Right. Thank you so very much, uh, Dr. Silverkin. Dr. Agustina Angelina Silverkin is a lecturer, Department of Theoretical and Applied Biology, KNUST and research scientists and virologists at the KCCR. Yes. Um, what will you say in 30 seconds to um, Ghanaians all over the world who are watching you now? What should they do? Well, what I would say to Ghanaians, and especially to those who are, are interested in following, is the fact that this virus is taking us on a tutorial. Mm-hmm. Seven weeks ago, the WHO advice was that um, face masks do not <laughs> impact in any way. Hmm. Today, Jeez. it has changed, and right. you are all wearing face masks. Right. When this disease came, it was said to be a respiratory disease. Today, we know that it causes multiple organ shots and all that, and the treatment protocols have changed drastically. It is not classified strictly as a respiratory disease. What it means is that if you live in a fool's paradise that the virus is not here, and that you don't do the basics which requires you from not contracting the virus in the first place. You are turning yourself into an experimental animal on which these new 
avenues of health will be found, whether it's it, because now we know it even affects the clotting of blood. Right. There's so many things. Okay. So you are going to be the guinea pig from which we would learn. Thank you. I don't want any Ghanaian to be a guinea pig. So Thank please you. wash your hands and Thank wear your Thank you mask. so very much, Kwame uh, Sapong, Siedu. And before I take my very final uh, word from the uh, gentleman in the studio, let me remember to say happy birthday to Santok Singh, uh, former manager of uh, this very uh, channel uh, of uh, multi-TV. And also happy uh, birthday to King Ramsey Kweku Bako. This is from your mom. Mm-hmm. Aisha Bako and all your siblings, uh, Princess uh, Fathia Amar Bako and Roy uh, Kaysen Kofi Bako. Right, so uh, Doc, in some 30 seconds, what will be your message? We always do that before we close the show. Well, well I, I think that we are at a very critical point in this fight against the pandemic, mm. and that for Ghanaians generally, we should begin to change some of our behavioral attitudes right. towards the preventive measures that my colleagues have also enumerated and right. the state has been championing. Thank you we very much. We should ensure that mm. we stick to the measures. And thank you very much. Dr. Uh, Justice Youngson. Yes, Dr. Patrick Aboyi. Yeah, thank mm. you. I think I uh, align myself with everything that has been said. Just to say that um, the health sector is ready to wrap up our efforts to make mm. sure mm. we need the people to be with us we need people to have their change, and we want to use the opportunity to strengthen our system so All that right. we'll be ready and be able to offer Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And the show has been brought to you by Consolidated Bank. We stand with you, MTN, everywhere you go. Dura Plus, where Dura Plus goes, water flows. Ashasi University, educating ethical entrepreneurial leaders for Africa. And... Uh, Protest, uh, Prostat 60 for prostate health management and immune uh, support. Bank of Africa, strong as a group and close as a partner. I'm Samson Ladia Yenini, and thank you as